What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode 205 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. I am Tim Geddes, joined by one of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg, Greg Miller. Miller. That's me. And eating pink stuff out of diapers. Oh, God, that's pre show content. What a ridiculous pre show <laughs> that was, that ladies and gentlemen. The Reverend Jared Petty. Doki Doki. And once again, the hair. Friend, Mary the new the guy. Third. What's up? Big hey, fan best of friends. this. Big fan. I love, I've been loving having you on the show, <laughs> man. Been fun. This has just been an energy. There's just yeah, been yeah. like last week's episode was one of my, if not my favorite episode we have ever done. Really? You, yeah. Jared, and went off the rails, and yeah. it was just exciting to be a it. part of that ride. You know, I, I think I, I, I stick table. to my point. I think I defended uh-huh. it poorly. Uh-huh. I love uh, it. I think he didn't I give I, you a I, chance. I didn't. I didn't really. <laughs> we shut that shit down. <laughs> I wish we had gotten to my most controversial opinion, which we never did touch. I mean, that so. wasn't even it. Throw oh, it no. out now. Just throw it out. Jared. Oh no, no, no! no. That, that's a that's a horse of a different color, right there, my gentlemen. This is the kind of funny games cast each and every week right here on youtube.com slash kind of funny games we get together to talk about video games all the things that we love about them you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and at the silver level silver membership level you can get the show three days early uh both audio and video with the pre and post show and you get to watch live as we're recording it uh we just did like a 25 minute pre-show that was really insane yeah uh, kind of went through talked food top foods yep it's a lot of food really something about <laughs> most of bloody food. oatmeal there was a delivery yeah. that happened oh yeah uh, that was unexpected <laughs> Yeah, that's why you watch live. Delivery. Maybe we'll accidentally break an embargo. Maybe, <laughs> maybe <laughs> our embargo should have been in the pretty piece of paper you gave me. But I don't no, know. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, if you don't have any bucks to toss our way, that is totally fine. You can get the show for free on Monday at 6 a.m. on youtubecom games or on any of your favorite podcast services. Just search for Kind of Funny Games Cast. We appreciate it very much. But if you do have some dollars for us, that'd be really cool because the entire month of January, we are crowdfunding our way to a world tour, a whole bunch of new content, and the future of Kind of Funny. Um, go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny or patreon.com slash games to be a part of that, and we appreciate it very much. Um, but for now, let's just get right into it. What have right. been playing this week? Hey, what you been playing? I want to start off with a little game called Animusha. Oh! It's been a long time, my friends. One of my favorite PlayStation 2 games of all time. Let me take that back. One of my favorite PlayStation 2 series of all time. Three was actually my favorite. Controversial opinion there, but whatever. I still stand by it. One... I, I loved one of the first major PS2 games. Uh, the first one to, to cross a million in sales. Mm-hmm. It was a, a big deal back in the day. It was uh, the first Resident Evil style game we yeah. got on yeah. PlayStation 2. And I remember it just being the coolest fucking thing. There was cutscenes and there was action and it was like Villages alternate Japanese history. Samurai, and yeah. Everything was just fucking badass and cool. You were kind of sitting there going, okay, I finally see where the next gen's going. Like, yes. Because the PlayStation 2 was hard to develop for and it really did take a while for the games to start feeling next gen. Yeah, and so on a, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was my bad. But yeah, I was going to say, wasn't it pre-rendered as well, mixed yep. with real-time stuff? Yeah, yeah. there's still... No, there's it still, wasn't mixed with real-time. It was pre-rendered. Yeah, there's well, still a lot yeah. of tricks used in there, definitely. Right. But you started... It definitely gave you a hint of where things were headed. Right. But that was what was amazing. It, we saw it in Resident Evil, but then when that came out, like the fire, your character, everything looked amazing, but you're walking around this really photorealistic world back area. then. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's the thing is back then. There's yeah. a lot of keywords there. Now, interesting thing about this game, it's only like five hours long. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually even shorter now because back in the day, it was tank controls. It was just like Resident yes. Evil. You'd hit forward to go forward, but then if you want to go the other way, you'd have to hit left. Your character it's would turn. And then you'd go. Right? All camera relative. Every time you get to a, a new 
uh, like get out of the shot, the camera would completely change yeah. to a different yeah. pre-rendered background, <laughs> and your tank controls would totally flip. And that totally made sense for a survival horror game right. that's slower paced, like Resident Evil. Made a lot less sense for an action-oriented game like Onimusha, that at the end of the day is kind of like a 3D version of a side-scrolling brawler. Yeah. Like, beat him up. Where you're just yeah, kind of going, mash the button, hit the, hit the things, and then suck the energy, and you're it's done. It's kind of part Die Hard Arcade and kind of part DMC and kind of part Resident Evil exactly. in a really weird way. And back then, that was novel, and it worked. Um, playing through this game for the first time since then, it's, it's cool because they, they, they added an analog controls. So now you can just fully walk around the areas and stuff. And which the cam- is, does the camera move now? No, the camera okay. does not move. So still pre-rendered. Still fixed. It's widescreen now. Um, yeah. So it's HD remaster. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it, it looks, I mean, it, bad it, compared to other games, but kinda, it looks good. Kind of like when they did Resident Evil 1's like remaster and it still had like the, the same camera angles and stuff in it. Did you play that? Yeah. That was like full asset remake. And well, actually, oh, you're talking about on PS4. On yeah, it was on PS4, gotcha. PC. The PS4 remaster of the remake on GameCube. Oh, yeah. Yes, it yeah, is that's just what like I'm talking that. about. It is yeah. just like that. Um, so because of that, it does look good, but since it didn't have that remake in between, it is just like widescreen and uprest from the yeah, PS2, not from like right. a better looking. Sounds version like some older assets and stuff. Is it multiple games? It's only nope, Misha it's Warlords. Just only Misha Warlords, the oh, first one. No, oh, you, I didn't realize you, that. You I said it was like a package of games. Yeah. No, you said it's actually shorter than five hours now with the new. It's controls. shorter than five hours because the tank controls would slow you down before. Right. But now that it's analog, you kind of just run around, zip zaps up. But know? that's in my mind, that's a feature, not a problem. Off. Oh yeah, like, that, that's great. Totally with you. It, it makes it so much better, um, but. Slowing or speeding the game up that way just gets you to the like weird ass things that we put up with for so many years a lot quicker. Uh-huh. Um, the puzzles in the game. Mm-hmm. Wow. It is totally, it's res- old school Resident Evil. Shiny, of, flickering object. There's a blue thing here. Yeah. It goes in the blue thing there. Yeah. Uh, there's mm-hmm. numbers here. One, two, three. Five, four, six, seven. Oh, we got to put them in the order that the numbers should go. Oh, uh, great puzzle. And yeah. it's just like, oh. Penny <laughs> Arcade's best joke ever. You know, I found the rooster key. All right, when I see the chicken door, I'll let you know. Yeah. And, and, and that's yeah. totally what it is. And uh, so that that's super weird. The cutscenes are unskippable, which oh. is like, oh, no. A lot no. of people worked on them, Tim. Show and, some respect. And that was a big problem back then, I remember, because there's certain <laughs> scenes where, uh, there's certain segments of the game where you can you can't save wherever you want. You need to go to a magic mirror, right? Um, and find that to upgrade or, or to save. You save, then you have to go through the like dungeon areas and like do the puzzles. Then you fight the boss. There's a cutscene right before the boss. If you lose the boss, you got to do all that over. I hate that yeah. shit. And it's just yeah. like oh no, because like it wasn't that fun to begin with doing it the first time and having to do the one two three five six seven puzzle again. You're like oh great already knew the easy ass answer to this but it's just like it's not that the game is bad it's just that we have come so far mm-hmm. um in a lot of ways i had such a blast playing it just because it i didn't realize how primitive it was mm-hmm. you know like i would have i would have been like oh it's not that different than things are now oh my god it is it's like a time capsule. it's such a time capsule and it just brought me back to playing it and i and every time i'd get to a, a different boss or get a new weapon upgrade because at the end of the day Onimusha, still fucking cool. The three different weapons you get with the different elemental powers, super badass. They make you feel super powerful, which is all you could want from an action game like Mm -hmm. this. Um, But my favorite thing is I love the mechanic of when you kill the the enemies, you get this gauntlet that you, you hold, I think it's circle, and after you kill them, you like suck their souls in, and it it powers you up, and then you cash those in. It's like that's the currency system. 
And there's just something really the freaking cool souls. about killing them and sucking. Like, and mid killing fight, sucking. mid fight, you're like you're surrounded by enemies. You kill a couple of them, start to suck while the another guy's coming at you. You stop sucking, <laughs> slice them. I don't know, but you're literally sucking. Mega Man has gone there's from no better suck way. to blows. Yeah, there's like there's no better way to like fucking explain what's happening. That I, gauntlet is sucking hard. I want to go back for a second to what you said about not realizing how primitive it was. Oh, uh, I, I think every everybody here has read understanding comics. Right, understands uh, comics. Comic Understanding five. comics, the uh, the the book about comic books and oh, how storytellers never, this, never no, read no, it. Fran, no. it's totally, it's it's fantastic. I know Greg's read it. Have you read it, Tim? Mm -mm. I don't read. It's this really <laughs> neat book that that explains how all the stuff is going on in well designed comics that you don't realize is happening when you're reading them to make the story go. Like go, what's happening between the frames, your mind is filling in the gaps mm -hmm. between oh, yeah. each picture mm -hmm. and that, that that a good artist a good storyteller in comics manipulates that in ways that you can't in a novel or a movie or a, one of the things that i'm discovering as i get older about video games is we do the same thing in a weird way with old games we're like we have these memories of the context we were in when we first saw them and we kind of fill in the gaps in the game and we filled them in then so unless we go back and look they just stay that way in our sure. heads sure that makes a lot of sense it's a really neat the backstory you would give for why you're doing something in an 8-bit game that like you're like, all right, cool, you're going there and you've read the instruction manual, so you're filling all this information in to yeah. craft and weave a narrative to make it more entertaining for yourself as you play. But then when you go back, it is just like, I go there. And it's kind of and it's kind of unique to like other than comics. I've never seen another place except games. This happens. And mm -hmm. I, I think there's there's probably a, a scholarly paper to be written in this somewhere. I haven't figured out where yet, but I really think that's a cool observation. I want to go back and take a look at this. It's, I mean, it's it's super super rad to play through because like there's like fun nostalgia things that uh, aren't bad just because they're old. Like the sound effects are super novel and fun. Every time you slash an enemy, it has this like obnoxiously like it sounds like you just take a grapefruit and just. Like throw it on the ground, it, yeah. It's like, and it's like so unnecessary, but like it adds to the like kind of again coolness of this game. The main character Simonoske, awesome. I fucking love him. Uh, the the story is batshit insane, and I swear to God, every cutscene goes back and forth between this is cringeworthy, the worst voice acting, the worst writing. It's unskippable. Everything, the animation is so stilted mm. and bad, where it's like everyone moves like this at all times, and I'm like, this is horrible. And then the next cutscene, they'll introduce like some evil character demon thing, and you're like. This is like the coolest parts of the animes that I love. Yeah. Uh, and I love the, the it's, they take actual Japanese history, but then like totally just make Warp. it like, but what if some crazy shit happened instead? <laughs> and as you go through the game, it just kind of gets more and more crazy. And I, I, by the end of it, I was just like, I enjoyed that way more than I should have. And I hope that they release two and three. Huh. Rad. Yeah. Twenty dollars. It's, so you it's would, really not bad. Yeah, I couldn't tell at first if you were like, eh, it kinda doesn't I mean, hold up. It's, it doesn't, but you really enjoy the up. nostalgia, it sounds exactly. like, and appreciating how far things have come. So if I yeah. if I'm a kid these days, mm -hmm. I have my Switch, I haven't played uh an Onimush before, do you recommend it? I can't. Okay. Yeah, I really don't think that uh it, it would hold up like that at all. But if you are an adult that Played Onimusha before, I recommend giving it a shot. If you're an adult that hasn't played Onimusha before but grew up with the PlayStation 2, I mm -hmm. think it's worth looking into. Just like, really, like, it, it's a weird look at what a PS2 game actually would be nowadays. Mm -hmm. We all, I feel like we talk about that a lot when yeah. we are talking about new games. Like, oh, it, it feels like what a PS, PS2 Kingdom game Hearts, might be. Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. But like, this, I'm like, oh no, I'm wrong about that. <laughs> this is really what it would be like. Um, and it was interesting playing Onimusha 
And then also playing the Resident Evil 2 one-shot demo. Resident Evil Great. You played that. I did. Did you play it? Uh, me, Andy, and Nick played it for an oh, upcoming party, party mode. mode. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What did you think? Uh, I can't wait for that game. I can't wait. I, I had been, uh, you know, since it got announced and we saw the trailer, I was like, yep. And then you he started hearing people who, like Jared or uh, Britt from What's Good, play it and be like, this is amazing. For me, it had been that thing of didn't connect with the Resident Evil 2 back in the day because the tank controls just wasn't mm -hmm. something I could put up with. And I just, it took me out of the experience. So then obviously, you know, seeing Resident Evil evolve and come around, even with Resident Evil 4, which I played and enjoyed, I was always like, man, this would be cooler if it was Resident Evil 2 or even 1, right? Which I know eventually they double back for. But I want that zombie experience. I want mm -hmm. a zombie movie experience. But even then with Resident Evil 1, they never doubled back to fix the tank controls. Right, exactly. Like, just to make it a little better. Well, in yeah. the remake, actually, they do have a, a non-tank control mode. Really? Yeah. The latest remake, the one that oh, came out. The yeah. Yeah, oh, the PS4? Yeah, the PS4 PC. I played it on PC, but yeah, there is a non-tank control mode. Yeah, because I remember the game GameCube when it first was remade, I was like, "This looks how I wanted to." But God, yeah, it's that so was the thing when I in my, back in college playing it on my GameCube. Where I was like, "Oh yeah, this is cool, and the lights are down, and I'm creeped out." But it was like, "Oh fuck, why am I no, doing So yeah, this? you didn't get a chance to play the three demos. Correct. Right? Yeah, you I didn't, didn't play it at all. Uh, Jerry Wynn did it. Yeah, exactly. So this is my first time getting uh, on sticks, and it was awesome. Yeah. I, it was, it was that, it was that oh. rare moment where you know everybody had been talking about it because the you know it's this if you're not familiar it's the one shot demo where you've one shot to play it you've 30 minutes on a clock and that's all you're allowed to do in the game which is such a cool concept mm -hmm. like yeah. so like when I <laughs> excuse me when I finished it it was Jen's like oh man that was great can we do it again can we restart and I'm like there must be you must be able and you came back and was like immediately like no buy the game I'm like oh fuck awesome. all right that's awesome yeah, I respect them. that I think you can hack yeah. it on PC people are speed running it I didn't yeah. look into how uh, and you probably shouldn't but. I heard that people did it in like two minutes something. Oh sure, yeah. Of yeah, course yeah. they did, and that's what they'll do. Yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. Like that's that. hilarious. But yeah, for somebody who doesn't have an affinity for it or like that uh, nostalgia, other than when I put it in, and I, I knew I should enjoy it and couldn't enjoy it. Like the you know the space is creepy. It looks beautiful. Like the. But it's it's not just like any of what we're talking about. No, right? no, no. Yeah, this, this is, is completely ground up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They took the world that is Resident Evil 2 and everything's rebuilt. Yeah. And they're doing new things too, right? It's set in the same path, right? I, think, I don't know think, enough about that. That'd be up that it, is, it is Resident Evil. Everything I've seen of it is a the lot of the I same played. iconic moments. It seems just to be kind of parsed to the best moments of the game. Yeah. They're very smart in their approach. And it kind of exists as this weird hybrid place between Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 4. It looks a lot like 4, but it brings you in closer and handles oh, yeah. claustrophobia it's well. It's really cinematic. Right. And most games don't handle being really close to enemies well. And so, but this game slows everything down without being tanky and then suddenly you have a lot of you have a lot of agency in those close moments but you have to react quickly to make a limited it's, it's almost dark soulsy you've got a very few options available and you've got to choose them immediately yeah uh, and if you don't you're just dead and, I, and, and that makes it frightening i truly believe that this has a shot at being the best resident evil game we've ever had mm -hmm. yeah and me too that is taking four into consideration. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love four, but there's something about this, like watching Andy play it, me playing at, at uh, E3, it looks so good, and there's shots in this, uh, the, in the one-shot demo, when you see the zombies and their jaw is like yeah. fucking yeah, yeah, open yeah. and like it yeah. like just starts moving shit, and the RE engine that came from Resident Evil 7 paired with the simpler times story of Resident Evil 2 where it is just Raccoon City. It's kind of just distilled down to like the the best elements of what Resident Evil was. I think, yeah. I think that's what people have always pictured Resident Evil as. Mm -hmm. You know, it was reinvented on the farm, so to speak, and the cults of RE4 and then 7, like the weird backcountry stuff. Yeah, yeah. All that's been great. Um, I mean, overall. 
but I think anytime you mention Resident Evil, for the most part, a lot of people are like, oh, there's like a cop and there's Raccoon like City, yeah, a hero yeah, yeah. and there's zombies, like you said, and there's cop zombies and all that. So that's what I picture. And that for me, when I went back to it, it feels, it's a little bit of the nostalgia you're talking about for some of us, but I think it's just so what you picture. And man, I played it at E3. I didn't get to do the, the one-shot demo. But all I remember is running into a hallway with my light on the end of my gun. I could not see anything. And there was like murky water in the hallway. I mean, a level of detail we've never seen. <laughs> and the shadows, and dude. I could not find my way around. And there was somebody like chasing me down. Yeah. And and screams and sound effects that are just so far beyond what it was. And it was terrifying. Yeah, no. it is. I, I think that's the, the key point is that this is the likely yeah. to be the scariest Resident Evil ever. And that's, that's what excites me. Cause I don't know four, if it could beat seven. Okay, because like, and that's my thing is seven having the first person perspective and with that engine yeah. like had some like real uh, capacity for scary ass moments. Yeah. yeah. With this, I, I feel like the camera angles it's going to be very scary, but I feel like it's still going to be a bit more. There's something about that I first think you're person in for it, of like. Yeah. yeah, I hope. I, I hope. Played, here's what did I'll you say. play the thirty minute demo? You said. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Andy did. I watched. Oh, it. we did. Can't play it, dude. Playing, yeah. Meaning the feeling of running away. Is through that. seven, right? And playing half of the game in VR. Like, it was definitely mm. unnerving. And I was, you know, oh, what's going to happen? Stuff like that. Like, the 30-minute demo, you know, it was me and Jen on the couch. We had seen everybody tweeting about it. We waited to that night when the lights, you know, turn on the lights, put on the thing. Like, I legitimately screamed. And I don't remember screaming in Resident Evil 7. That's mm. the thing. You have the, that agency. Scary. They found a way that the argument was always before the tank controls make the game scarier. The well, they did in a lot of ways. But... It seems like, and I can only express this through feeling, I, I want to analyze it later when I played more of the game, that they found a way to put you more in control and use that to make the game scarier. Because you have that agency, oh, yeah. you're frightened. It, they found some magic formula to make that work. And what you know, Resident Evil 4 is one of the most important video games of all time. Uh, Resident Evil 4 defined the third-person action-adventure genre from its inception on, like, uh, there there were games before and after that, and everything from Gears of War to to, you know, to, to Fortnite owes that game a, a debt of gratitude in certain ways. Um, I don't think two is going to have that kind of impact on the industry that four did, yeah. but I do think that it might be more yeah, that, fun than yeah. four was. Yeah, I, I was blown right. away, like what you're talking about with interiors and how it looked, and being just a, a zombie movie fanatic, right? Like. The feel of it, the environmental storytelling of like you know, I, so you haven't played the thirty the one shot, but like so I don't know how much you read about it either. Oh, you saw Andy? We, uh, yeah, Sorry, we my like, apologies. Yeah. So if you if you're joining us, it isn't thirty minutes from the start of the game. It's for a little bit into the game. It's already happened. You're in the, mm -hmm. the police station or whatever. But like to wander into like what the briefing room for the cops where all their desks are and they have like the welcome Leon sign up. And yeah. stuff. There's so many little touches in there. I was like, oh, right. Like there was a life here before this yeah. happened. Like I'm yeah. in the moment of it happening still. And I, and going back to what you were saying about the tank controls uh -huh. making it scary, whereas this game does other things to add to the, the fear. I think it is those little touches of this feels like a, a real world that you couldn't achieve on PlayStation 1. Sure. And going forward with that, with the, the graphics, like it looks stunning. Like yeah. the the character animations look great. The the shadows, the lighting, the water <laughs> effects, all of that, I feel really add to the claustrophobia and the fear because when you're walking down the hallway and like as you're moving and as your light moves, you see the shadows move on stuff. Yeah, all those small that touches, gets right. you because there is only one zombie here, one zombie there, but 
the fear is that there's hundreds. Yeah. Like, yeah. and it really it feels like that's that. Why, that's what I'm saying. And I know that you can obviously appreciate a game by looking at it. But seriously, when you put your hands in control and you're the one who's got to run away, when you make one bad turn in that game, just meaning that feeling that grips yeah. you, that is what Resident Evil is about. And in a way, it Getting is still- the last few bullets. Yes. The, your ammo and what you're conserving, your health, all that. But like even without the tank controls, that was a device in some ways back then. But it was- um, it was just part of it, and like meaning now, it's still slow. Yeah, it's not like you can just like run and jump out a window and leave. Okay, yeah. you are trapped <laughs> in here uh, with all this stuff happening, and it very much is the atmosphere. This is a game you're going to want to play with the sound up, the headphones mm-hmm. on. Uh, I'm super excited. Yeah, it's, and now the one, the one like negative thing I have to say is like, especially after comes. having just played Animusha, is it still is. Here's the blue thing. Here's yeah, the blue yeah, yeah, thing. But, they, but they can't get rid of that. At I this get point. it. I it's understand. I understand. It's. I, I'm just saying. It's like. That is definitely not great for modern game design. But maybe but. this is where it's going. You know, this is that first step to go back to where it really all began. Resident Evil 1 was great. 2 was the one that everyone really was like, oh my God, back then. So this, they get that out of the way. Everybody's super happy. They take all this tech and guess what? The next one is that, Code complete, no. re, <laughs> that complete reinvention though of taking everything that they've learned and doing maybe what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Bring it back to I that feeling that. in the city. All this stuff that you love. It's not a cult anymore. It's not the back country of Louisiana or whatever. And take all of this, but now without those yeah. puzzles. Now it gets clever. That would be awesome. Because I, I loved 7, but it lost me at some point. Where it's just like, I, I love it as the game and I feel like there's so much that it game did right. It was a long right, game. But I'm story, actually right I feel like end. it was too long and the yeah. story, I'm just like, like you're doing too fucking much. Yeah. Like keep this simpler. Keep this about the the horror and the the, the scary moments. And I just feel like it got a little too like. Okay, now it did the same thing. I feel insane. all the Resident Evil games do is that I, I, I as a zombie guy, I just want a zombie movie, mm-hmm. and inevitably they all go go. Oh fuck! Guess what? There's a zombie shark. It's yeah. all yeah. Yeah. this and it's this. I'm like, can we just be zombies? Okay, let's let's hop in right. First off, I love the zombie shark. I, I second, um, <laughs> s- second, zombie I think this this is something do, we haven't commented on yet. Do shark zombie? All right, we haven't seen deep. <laughs> we haven't seen deep into the game yet. Yeah. Um, but at least in the early stages, one of the things they've done that makes the game so effective is they've made. One zombie, you talked about it's usually one or two, but you feel like it's 100. One or two zombies feels like a legitimate threat. Mm-hmm. That's another huge Shame. change is that every zombie you encounter, at least when you don't have a clue what you're doing, really has the potential to just make you very dead very quickly. Um, yeah. There's never seems to be enough bullets. You rely on the hand-to-hand combat elements more than you ever did in, in the old game. And so that makes it's it feel really survival horse. Yeah, That's and I difference. love that. So I think when they escalate that curve up, I imagine that'll come with better weapons, uh, kind of like it did in the first game. But I don't think they're going to diverge wildly from that idea that a single enemy of any kind is always a threat. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the thing that people who haven't played two in some of the earlier games, you played four and seven, they are markedly different in style. Four was an action game with the tank control still, but it, all that came together. But I mean, there were hordes of zombies running you and seven kind of mixes all that together um, in its own way. It's just different and unique, especially with the first person. But I think when you go back to two, you'll realize what a survival horror was and how they made it what it is today. And I think we're gonna go back to that world. And you'll realize when you got one bullet in the chamber, you're running down that hallway and you can't see anything, that is the feeling that makes it so special. And meaning the demo I played, I felt that. Hopefully, you know, you can keep that sure. up without the fatigue. I mean, well, that's why we end up with zombie sharks because eventually you gotta fight a big boss. Yeah, no, I get it, I get but, it. Well, what's funny about what you just said is that I, I, didn't, I didn't put this together, but it this game reminds me a bit more of Dead, um, Dead Space Dead than um, Resident Evil 4. Interesting. Mm. In terms of like, which was yeah more survival. Yeah, it's, 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 Dead Space One was totally survival. Yes. So Dead Space Two is when they turn that corner. Like now nah, it's gonna be an action. Yeah, Dead Space yeah. One. 
Dead Space. Then Dead Space Three is like now we're gonna make a bad game. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of the RE4 comparisons are just from the fact that you can control where you're going. Yeah, I think that's sure. where a lot of that comes from. Yeah, but it's, but it's definitely it, everything I've played of it feels like something especially unique and and, and a, a wonderful hybrid of two different design philosophies that seem to be working well. Super excited yeah. to get it. Yeah. yeah. Next up, Fran, you finally beat Red Dead Redemption Two. I did. <laughs> it's all right, girl. Um, so it would be a very long discussion. I don't know if we should stick on that one, but I will go back to what I've been saying. I'm glad that my feeling through the thousands of hours or however long it's been <laughs> has been mostly right. It is a, you know what? It, it's a cowboy RPG mm -hmm. and it is so real when you're in that world. Too and, real. And, uh, we were talking about it in the last show. I said, it's the smell of the game. Yep. And it really is for me, the atmosphere is so thick, like literally the way it looks and, and smells to you. And that part is amazing. But oh my God, I, I got into, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything. I got into like the end after the end. And I'm like, I mean, this is not a spoil. I'm milking a cow for like, I don't know, it was like 15 <laughs> minutes. You um, milk that cow for like five minutes. Okay, but minutes. you shovel crap in for the like game. For like five minutes! No, what yeah, I mean is, you no, see exactly. No, what I'm talking about, this <laughs> section that I, I actually went back and yeah. looked at this, that section that everybody gripes about <laughs> is is one mission that lasts like five minutes. Get that, but the, what I would say about the game though is it takes you, so the opening, really strong, amazing atmosphere, uh, it's winter or whatever, right? And then it drops you into like this huge world. We've talked about it. You can spend your time doing unbelievable amount of stuff, robbing trains, and that's what it's about. And it's very real to you, despite some of the weird bugs and some of the paces, you just follow people forever. But if you like that stuff, you are, it's amazing. I actually do find myself wanting to go back to it now. Um, I don't have the time, but I You're want You're like on so, stream playing a game, you just drift off out the window, yeah, wistfully exactly. thinking of <laughs> neighing horses. Have you exactly. been streaming Red Dead at all? Oh, Where, I did the whole thing. It? I played oh. the whole, well, I played the entire experience Sorry, for Red that? Dead. That's right. Thank you, Tim. Uh, be sure to catch me on Twitch TV slash FM3 <laughs> underscore. Seriously, do need your support. Um, and actually, by the way, I should mention, I do giveaways all the time. Ooh. It's always running. So all you got to do is head over to Twitch TV slash FM3 underscore. Hit, um, if you hit exclamation, giveaway in chat, you'll get the link. But otherwise, uh, I'll put it on my Twitter. If you open but you your can always, you always have a chance. slash reset hard yeah. drive. <laughs> you follow, though, all you have to do is follow. You always have a chance to win a free game. Anyway, plugs aside, I play everything that I play on there. Thank you, Tim. Including um, Gris. Including Gris and Gris or whatever, Gris. which I finished. By the way, glad we get to go back to this. So yeah, I, rewind. Have you played any since We then? talked about on the show, right? No, I haven't played any more since then. Where I, I was I was ahead of you. You had just started it, and we were having that conversation. So you did play some. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember we talked about this. Yeah, yeah. I, I, got, I did unlocked four, five, six colors somewhere oh, in there. Oh, you're yeah. basically done. No, no. Yes. Okay, well, no. Then four you're colors. So okay. you're, but you're super far. So you'll know what I'm talking about then. I actually have to say, I'd go back. Uh, when I first started playing it, I did that thing that I think everyone who's jaded industry person does, and you've played so many games over your, your lifespan. You're like, oh, it's like it's a pretty indie game, like cool music, and you play it for a little bit, you're like, it's cool, you know. But you're thinking about experiences like God of War and Red Dead and yeah. Anthem's coming up and Division, and, but I went back to it to beat it, and man, I gotta say, please play this game. Um, really? Beautiful for me. I'm curious, because you've actually played a lot but play with the headphones on. The music is outstanding. It's such an experiential, beautiful, artistic game. I realized you don't die in the game. It like, didn't even occur to me until later. You're always moving through this beautiful watercolor fantasy world. And it is honestly, I think it's a beautiful achievement in gaming. Um, it's funny because it's not like heavy puzzle work. It's just this experience and this story. So anyway, I really loved it in the end. Okay. Um, 
<laughs> got to put the headphones on. And by the time you get to the end, I felt very connected with the world. And, okay. and it's only about four hours, by the way, three or four I, hours. I, I'm going to go back to it then because I, I was I was scared off by the heel Greg Miller, uh, who doesn't love video games. Hate uh, games. And, and push, push Jaded us, industry guy. Yeah, yeah pushes us guy. away from anything that's not Spider-Man. It's been proven. It's science. But, but, and uh, But yeah, I, I'm really glad to hear that you enjoyed this. But I, I do want to try it out. Curious. I mean, Greg, you, the thing is you juggle a lot of games at sure. once. When you play the game, did you spend a good, like, hour within that world and with the headphones on kind of thing well yeah, yeah, yeah. well i was playing yeah, i was sound up on tv but yeah i okay. played through yeah with uh, uh jen okay. and lucy in the room we were hanging out for did a you feel uh i mean even the, the, if you remember the line I, the, the, the line i came away with was i didn't find it entertaining but i don't know if it's meant to be i think it's meant to be a meditative it's not pushing you too hard it is you're just going through and it bringing is, right. color back to this world it stuff. is more of going to the art museum and enjoying the art. Yeah. There are things in the game that there's true platforming puzzle work though. And it, you've played some of it with platforms disappearing and things you sure. gotta find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Timing that's where things I, right. You jump, something comes, exactly. disappears or appears. So you, yeah. It is a platformer in the end. Um, that's the biggest thing that it has going for it. But I, I really like the beauty of it. And I just think these are the types of games that we need in addition to these like crazy giant blockbuster risks sure. that are taken. And you should go out there and support it. It's only, I thought it was 17, but maybe it's 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. Somewhere in there. So check it out. I really liked it. Next up, Hades. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Early access, by the way, another game you can support me. I am an Epic Store creator. Hey! Everything oh, from the division oh, to this, I can send you the link. Uh, it's on my Twitter right now, but if you buy the game, uh, you get a little share of that. Hades Fran, is Fran so Mirabella. fucking good. That's right. It's Fran Mirabella in the creator store. You can just type it in, the creator tag. Anyway, plugs aside again. So, Hades, has anyone else played it? Yeah. Cool. I'm curious what you think. I went in and I was like, I've been wanting to play this game. It was getting some buzz at the end of the year. It's in early access. And it's basically this sort of end, not endless, but it has that feel of an endless dungeon runner yeah. where you're getting these upgrades. The big twist on the game or just the unique thing is every time you go re-enter the dungeon, you kind of go back to hell each time and back into these dungeons, you get this RNG from the different gods of different powers each time. So you're not playing with one set of powers and a skill tree exactly, but it changes every time and the rooms change with what you have. So anyway, I really enjoyed it. I found myself after the first... 20 30 minutes and i like games like this i was really starting to grind yeah. and trying to get the you know keys and the currency to buy the stuff i need and get a lot better um it is a little more i think of the i haven't really played league of legends and dota but games where you're you're doing multiple directions while pointing directions with the mouse at least um i don't know how it works on console dork but I mean, I, it, it plays like a super giant game it's a super giant game yeah, through and, it's and, like through. Transistor and, and that's the thing where it, yeah it feels like it feels like taking Bastion's mechanics and mashing it up with a roguelite and then putting me back into this world with a really funny story over. and really cool, yeah, really cool story characters. Story's funny. Can, yeah. Can, yeah. can you guys clarify for me, because this is the kind of game that's generally my jam, how, how deep do they dig into the roguelike element? When you die, what do you lose? What do you bring back? Because that varies from every roguelike, and I'm really curious okay. what the structure so, is. So when you die, you go back to the beginning, but the thing is, in your room, you can buy types of weapons. Mm -hmm. um, that's one thing. You also can buy a couple buffs. Like as you enter each room, you get plus one HP or you get, you earn more, there's, it's called darkness. So you get little buffs and I've only unlocked like a portion right. of them. So not a lot. So you mm -hmm. kind of go back to the beginning, but a big difference, for example, right? You start the game, you have your sword, that's it. Yeah. But then after you earn four keys or whatever, you can buy the spear. 
which is a completely different way to play. And do you retain the spear, the spear for every game can, from then you on? You can only choose to go in with one or the other. But you always have the choice. Yeah, you always have the yeah, choice. It's, oh, it's, in your, it's in your armor. So that yeah. unlocks. So it's not a full reset. The way much better than Dead Cells. And okay. then there's, li yeah, there's little things like um, you earn Ambrosia, which you can gift to the gods, and they will give you a keepsake. And for example, that's a permanent thing you also have in your room, and you can put on one keepsake. As far as I know, I don't know if you can put on multiple, but for example, you'll start with a chance of better RNG, so you'll get a rare type perk from one of the gods as you go in. Okay. It's three perks when you go in. Anyway, I really encourage checking out, again, only a $20 or less game, early access, I think a studio that's proven to us 100%. that they do great work. And by the way, it's in early access because they're doing updates every month. They just did their first big update, patched up a bunch of stuff. And yeah, I think you you know if you're interested in this, be part of that experience. They're open to all your feedback. Now's the time to get. I think it. this is going to be a huge hit for them. I yeah. think I feel, and I'm not trying to take away from anything. I think Pyre was a bit too weird, where yes. Pyre had an audience that people mm -hmm. and people loved. It, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't you know it was Bastion and Transistor, and then it felt like Pyre's mm -hmm. uh, fervor wasn't as loud. I feel this is so approachable, so engaging. The art style, when, so cool. when this yeah. comes to Switch, like yeah, this is yes. this is yes. the way I was obsessed with Rogue Legacy on my Vita will be how I'm obsessed with Hades mm. on the Switch. Yeah, because yeah, I that, I had the same thing. You, you I played it here at the office, right, Tim? On uh, when I actually I was so into Super Giant that I actually played a PC game, right? Yeah, and put it wow. in there and made it work, and it ran like shit, of course, because it's PC. And uh, I was on your PC. Yeah, exactly. Oh, of course, it's my fault. Of course, yeah, Jared's thing does can't even fucking work. My graphics card arrived. Yeah. It works. Let's see if that you works. Play it's about a PC so it's lovely. Like seven years old, but anyway, anyway, you know, it works great. Uh, uh, yeah, like yeah. it's totally a game of just jumping back in and that's yeah You bring up dead cells, right? And why I feel like I've struggled so much to find a rogue light since a uh, rogue legacy that I've loved that much because I want that sense of progression and I want to feel stronger every time I come back yeah. And this seems 100% that like sounds that. awesome because dead it's cells fun. was the first one like that I've ever played and I fucking fell in love with it, but it just hit a point where I'm like I I cannot put more I I think I played 18 plus hours of that game wow. and I'm like I feel like I should have plus that's that a lot though. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And there's just that there's very little sense of progression. Like there's some uh overall like health stats and things that you have, but it's like I would have loved to be at least given the option of this weapon or that weapon. Yeah, right? there's a ton of that stuff, a lot of different ways to play and get skilled at the way you use that stuff. Yeah. Um, there's crits on top of there's all kinds of RPG mechanics. It's fantastic. Greg. Yeah. Walking Dead, the final season, right. episode two. Right. What'd you episode think? three came out yesterday, at which point I was like, ah, fuck, I never played episode two. So I was like, I'm going to go home and play both of them, but I'm still very tired. So I only played <laughs> one of them. So I played episode two to bring myself almost fully up to speed. So the last one from Telltale before they were like, peace, everybody, and left. And then Skybound picked up and made a, the Still Not Bitten team. Uh, it's I don't know why I waited so long to play it. I think it was if it, it was just weird because if you remember that game's release was paired with all the bad news of yeah. Telltale. And so it was very much like talking every day on Games Daily about how worse and more dire the Telltale situation was. Didn't really psych me up to go home and play it. Uh, jumping in last night, I'm glad I did. I wish I had started earlier so I could be 100% up to speed. Okay. Because episode two is great. It does another great job of uh, driving home what this final season is all about. And that's not only, you know, ending Clem's story, right? But uh, seeing w what she's learned from Lee to now make AJ. And so there's actual tough decisions again of popping up of like, you know, uh, or and if you're totally out of the loop, AJ's this kid, like a baby that Clem's been raising. And now he's like toddler. So he's talking and doing all sorts of stuff and making his own choices. It's probably three, I'd say at least. And that may, may be being generous, but I don't know how kids are. But this yeah. kid's like fully a, a fully blown kid. Where like, do they come from? Walking around. Who knows? I, <laughs> my mom still hasn't told me. <laughs> um, and like there are some tough decisions in terms of 
That, it was cool for you and me, Tim, as big comic book fans. Uh, a couple of really interesting ties to the comics that I had. Really? Yeah, yeah. The first time, and I'm not spoiling here, and maybe, and I'm rusty too, but I think the first time that I've run into characters and threads in Clem's storyline that are directly tied to Rick's storyline, where it's like, oh, he's like, yeah, I, don't, I don't ruin things, but like a person referencing events that... I know who you, I, I remember. I'll talk to you. I remember that event. This. Yeah. But yeah. In, in season one though, right? We had Glenn. Sure. And then we had Lily. But if yeah. you remember, they left. Then they went to Rick's storyline. Mm. I'm talking about people interacting the with the larger work and coming back. Lily was the woman in season one who had the dad that was a racist. You killed the dad or you didn't kill the dad, and, but he still got killed. And then she killed either Carly or Doug. And then you either left her or she stole the RV. She, in, canonically, at least back in the day, her story was going to be then that she went and then she joins the governor's people. And when the governor, spoilers for walking to comics, when the governor forces her to shoot Lori and Judith, then she kills the governor and she takes over the governor's people. And that was the last time we saw her in the comic. Did that <laughs> happen in the comics? Yes. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I need to go back and check that out. Yeah, that yeah, doesn't yeah. sound familiar at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, yeah. I remember. I mean, I know they got shot. I don't remember someone taking the governor's place, though. Well, I mean, it was that she killed the governor and then she started giving orders to people. It wasn't like a very yeah. much like, I'm in charge. I don't think yeah. I'm oh, in charge. Okay. It's been a long time. Yeah. But remember, she shoots them and, yeah, and she tries yeah. to go, like, you made me fucking kill a kid and a wife? And yeah. Push, yes. Pushes yes, him yes, into yes, the yes. zom zoms. Mm. Walk walks. So uh, <laughs> is this the last installment then? Is out now, or we're we have still one more for, episode. It's, it's four episodes. Yeah, it's yeah. four episodes. Uh, episode three just dropped. This is not what I'm talking about. I did not play episode three yet. Even though this morning on our subreddit, uh, uh, one of the kind of funny best friends was like, "Fucking Greg, you got to play this." And I'm like, "I know. I fell behind." I was like, "How long is it? Like just as long as the other ones? Three hours?" I'm like, "I do not have three hours before Gamescast today, yeah. but I will get to it soon." But it's three, the first one to come out of the skybox. Correct. Help. This is the first time gotcha. since. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, this is the still not awesome. bitten team that we talked about at uh, the kind of funny game showcase. But yeah, awesome. and from what I hear, it's great because if you know, kind of funny, best friends t- tell me to play it and they liked it. They're Walking Dead fans and we're in a good spot. It's awesome. So, but yeah, it's 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 still that weird thing of like I started episode two last night very much in that sense of just like they really should have stopped after season one with Clem, Clem's story, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, no, I really want to see how we're gonna wrap this up and where we're gonna leave her and what the takeaway is going to be. And again, you know, like they're just hitting the right notes for me in terms of pushing her ahead and giving her her own story but then also making callbacks to episode one let alone now or i'm sorry season one let alone now the bigger world mm. yeah yeah that's awesome and then y2k y2k <sighs> a post-apocalyptic post-modern post-modern rpg right uh one of my most anticipated games yeah. got a code and i have not been able to rub together two consecutive hours to play it all at once mm. so i'm playing in a very broken up fashion which is i think the worst way to do this uh i'm excited it's finally out uh i still love the art style of the game the problem i'm having right now and this is not a definitive thing next week on gamescast hopefully on the you're about flight. to get on a plane exactly yeah. i gotta do some work for us but then either out there or back i hope to just sit down and put time into this thing i'm finding it not hooking me the way i wanted it to but it's still so early like if the mm-hmm. story is you know you just got back to your hometown you're you're involved in all this we've just gotten to the real like what the fuck is going on thing of like what is going to motivate this but what i'm finding early on is that it's all doing a lot of really cool interesting things i just don't feel so far as doing any of them extremely well mm-hmm. like i like you know it's it's you know i i don't uh i we've talked about in this show 
uh, I have a preclusion for not enjoying turn-based RPGs, right? Like, it's just, I don't really dig that kind of combat, but this one makes it more active, where I select my attack, and, like, for him, he throws uh, LPs, he throws records, right? And so as you choose that attack, then the record starts spinning, and there's an active, like, you can get you can multiply the combo if you don't screw it up and okay. going through. So it's like right? Mario RPG or Paper Mario type. I didn't play. Oh, well, I played Paper Mario and Weed, but I don't remember that. I, thing I'm about. mostly just flashing Deshaun to the Dead at this point. Like exactly. Throwing the, throwing yeah, the yeah, Batman yeah, totally, soundtrack totally, totally. zombies. Mm-hmm. It was the first. It was the first album I ever bought. Yeah. Uh, Stone it, Roses. But even that, yeah, it's really cool. But it's not super engaging for me right now because it starts slow and gets harder. But it's still, it's basically I have the game. I'm going to play more of it. But, but you I, didn't get the chance because you have been playing Bury Me, My Love. Oh, yeah. We played Bury Me, My Love and beat it. Yeah, that ah. was another one that since the Kind of Funny Game Showcase, uh, I, they had shown that. I was like, this game looks awesome. This game seems like a Greg Miller game. I can't fucking wait to play this. Jared, you played it as well. I yep. Know. Yeah. And uh, we've been playing it on different platforms. And that's, sure. that's, I've been wanting to ask you about this. And you're like, save it for the show, Jared. Yeah, yeah. Back. Uh, I'm playing on mobile. Yeah. And one of the things that I, I didn't really understand about the game before I first played it on mobile was that it's notification based. So on mobile, you play it, and there's a conversation, and then Nora disappears for a while. It's like, okay, offline. And then I might be, it might be five minutes later, it might be a day later, I'll get a notification on my phone, and I open my conversation back up. And so I found myself in situations where, like, she's making a very dangerous decision. Yeah. And then Is there any way to force it? Uh, yes, absolutely. Oh, okay. But you have the option to play this way. That is and so freaking cool. It's yeah. amazing yeah, because, like, I'll I'll ask her to, you know, I'll give her advice, and she doesn't always do what I say. Yeah. But but I'll give her advice. Something dangerous will happen, and she'll just vanish. Yeah. And I wonder if I'm ever going to hear from her again. And yeah. it is like heartrending. <laughs> that game rocks in that mode. Does Switch duplicate that experience? That is so awesome, what you just said and everything. No, it does not duplicate that, and it is so fucking boring on Switch. Because oh. <laughs> yeah, you play it, and you're totally in the moment of just like, I'm not even playing this game. Like, yeah. I hit A, and then stuff, it just goes, 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 goes. Hit A, goes, goes, goes. I don't feel like there's choices, and there's things to say, but there's plenty of times where there isn't for a long period of time. Yeah. And I thought I... I I had already hyped this game in my head to be another uh, a, a normal lost phone, which, you know, a mobile game I yeah. played and loved so fucking much. And it does not deliver that experience. And maybe it's just a Switch thing. I, that, I think I, it may be. If I was, I, I am actually kind of, here's the best way to put it. It ended, I thought it went on way too long. It ended and it was like credits and Jen's just like, I you I would never play this game again, and she would not. I would never play this game again because it, it, I would never play this game because it just took forever and it didn't really pay off in the end. There's no chapters like da 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 da. I'll play it as that way. Yeah, I I'll play it that way. Where I'm, I'm playing I it in two it. minute bursts, maybe once or twice a day at the most. Interesting. And that that's has really, been really cool. How long have you been Riveting. playing it? Uh, quite a while now. Yeah, because I was gonna uh, say that's my thing about it is like. The game is dense. Yeah. It goes on a and long time. Not only is it dense, but there's multiple endings yeah. and uh, multiple paths that I, I, I've been coordinating. Well, not coordinating, but I've been texting back and forth with a real world friend who's also playing it the same way. Yeah. yeah. And we're getting vastly different sure. outcomes sure. to certain things. So, yeah. And that was my problem with it is I felt like I, it wasn't active enough in the way that, again, normal lost phone had me doing all sorts of stuff yeah. and cracking codes and using calculator things that look like calculators, but they're actually pass codes to unlock right. and doing all of this different stuff. Whereas, yeah, un, uh, uh, Bury Me My Love is very much like A. And sometimes yeah. you don't even hit A and it'll still go because it's just, you're not to a choice. It's just here's a pre-scripted response of what you're going to yeah, say. Yeah, the way the game was originally designed for mobile, those moments happen, like I said, in very small bursts. Yeah. And then there's long waits. And there, I, I wonder, I really do sometimes like, 
Is she ever going to write that makes back? Such, that is such an interesting thing because that was one of my... I did not get why the game loads the way it loads. Yeah. Because when you're playing on Switch, it is like, cool, send the thing, and then it'll fade to black or mm. whatever it is, fade out and fade back in, and then it'll be... It's gone ahead five minutes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... Why the why the fuck are you doing this? Every yeah. other conversation I'm clicking through and you do it. it huh. Usually the fade out means it's going to be multiple hours. That Perhaps. makes so much more sense of like I would do it and then five minutes later. Get the I bed. think this may be a casualty of port everything to switch. It's become apparent through, through a lot of news stories now that the most lucrative space, generally speaking, in independent gaming is is becoming the switch for certain kinds of games. I mean, yes, there are mobile games that thrive on on loot box models that are obviously going to do better on iPhone and stuff like that. But by and large, it seems Switch is the place you go if you want to make money, even more than Steam now. It may just be a case of they figured this was the place that they could sustain the game, and so they put it on Switch, but it's not designed for the platform uh, and is just a superior mobile experience. I can't recommend the game enough as a mobile game. Yeah, But what you're describing sounds terrible. Yeah, because it's just a slog. (laughs) It's just a slog of sitting there and having text nonstop that, Uh, again, that if I'm hitting A, sometimes it advances quicker, and then if I don't, I'll just, as the husband, my response just pops up. Not that I missed a choice, because most of the time there isn't a choice. Yeah. Then you get to points where it is like, I should say most of the time, lots of times there isn't a choice. Then you get to what emoji do you want to use? And it's like, right, Here's the highest praise I can give the game. I'll get a buzz notification on my phone yeah. after I've made a hard decision, maybe a day later. Yeah. And before I've got it face down, and instead of thinking, oh, I hope that's Angie, or oh, I hope that's Greg, <laughs> it'll be like, oh, I hope that's Nor. <laughs> like to check and That's make cool. sure she's okay. That's I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna buy it. Wow. I'm gonna buy it right now. Um, then okay, Jared, you want to talk about a game called Ding Dong XL? I want to talk about <laughs> Ding Dong XL a lot. Wow, what the fuck is Ding Dong XL? Ding Dong XL uh, from the makers of Bing Bong XL. Uh, a, a so. I made the terrible mistake of visiting IGN the other day uh, to see a few of my friends over there. IGN, that organization that famously fired all of us. I was going to say, you went back there person. after you yeah. got fired. Yeah, yeah. After, after we were all fired from IGN. Uh, I went back over there, and they had a uh, they had a computer set up, and Damon, <laughs> Justin, and Sam, the Omega Cops of GameScoop, were playing Ding Dong XL, a game I'd never seen before. Ding Dong is a one-button video game. Uh, and I have a, kind of an obsession with one and two button video games. It's a very simple premise. Ooh. Every time you press the button, you cross the track. You're trying to cross the street, Frogger style, freeway style, and you're just trying to stay alive. The game gets faster and faster. If you wait, every second you wait, you see the balls growing. Oh. Okay, So it gets harder and harder to cross if you wait, and eventually you just pop like a balloon. Every time you hit the other side, you reset. Power-ups <coughs> pass through the middle, like that one right there, that and make things mm. easier for you. If you get good at it, it's possible to develop a tremendous degree of mastery on this game. It's really, really finely tuned and way, way better than what I think we sometimes think of as, as a novelty game because it's one button. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of thought went into this yeah, design. That looks cool. The creator like cool. really cool. It's awesome. really well Can't done. Can't wait for it to be on Switch. I am now <laughs> yeah, currently the, the uh, number 10 globally ranked wow. Ding Dong XL player on Steam. <laughs> Uh, You're number one so, ding dong in my yeah, heart, yeah, I am the number <laughs> ten. I'm the number ten ding dong player. Again, I don't know what the pool is, but the game's like a dollar. I think it was fifty yeah. cents for a while, uh, and I think it's a dollar now. And it's totally. It's, it's also on mobile. It's totally worth your time. Oh, it's on it's mobile. Really, yeah, and also that. Does, it has a kind of a 
like a, a techno soundtrack that just kind of keeps. It's, it's I'm got that. Right I'm gonna buy it too. I'm yeah. getting ding dong, dude. It's got that one ding more. Dong, it's got that one more play thing, like like because it resets immediately. So it's just like bump bump bump. I died. Oh, one more time. And you just keep, and it reloads immediately. I got a couple questions for you, Jared. Uh, one, what's Bing Bong? Two, why is it XL? Was there just a ding dong? He likes to put XL at the end of his games. Okay. Uh, the designer, I forget his Adam name. Nickerson. I should have, thank you. Most of his games end in XL. That's just a thing he does. And he's he made a little shooter that I actually have played around with that I really enjoy. Bing Bong XL is a whole other concept. You can, you can take a look at that on Steam as well. <laughs> but this little single button game, the other thing I like about it, and I know I talk about these games I never make because I'm, you know, I'm full of it, but um, the design for uh, you asked me once what my game was about, uh -huh. which was Two Frogs Kissing. Yeah, Ding Dong XL is not all that different than a prototype I put together for that. It is a different game, but this reminded me a lot of that. Mine was a two button game mm -hmm. that does some different things, but this also reminded me of it was kind of a convergent, you know, evolution of thought thing going back to that freeway frogger thing. It's a lot of fun. Go, you go play this game. You just sold four copies of this game. Yeah. I hope we sell a lot okay. of copies. Everybody should play this. It's Everybody fun. tweet your ding dong photos to Jared. That's <laughs> right. Tweet nope, nope, your ding dong. Two hundred and seventeen <laughs> points. Beat it if you can. Can I see what it sounds like? Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's see. Oh, I mean, oh gotta hope it's ding dong, ding dong. <laughs> oh fuck! It's got a jam too. Okay. Wow, that is. And now, Damn, Jared is it, wait, is it Game of the Year 2019 to the table. It's really good. <laughs> I love that. And again, I want to thank the GameScoop guys because they're the ones uh, that, that showed me that. That's nice. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, and then next game, Dusk. Okay, so this came out of the discussion we had last week where I enraged uh, our co-hosts by, by suggesting <laughs> that perhaps... We had a little too narrow a focus in mainstream first-person shooter game design. It's not what you said, bro. And uh, that's totally what I said. Um, he hates so it. So Andrea and brought up Dusk, mm -hmm. uh, as which was a, an excellent point. Um, Dusk, I do not regard as a mainstream shooter by mm -hmm. any stretch of the imagination. But I did want to go and, and really give it kind of a, a, a dive in. Dusk's a lot of fun. Have any of you played it? No. no. Uh, this is not Fortnite.com. Uh, what's that? This is the one that's not Fortnite.com, right? Uh, I assume. Oh, Dave Orchery's game, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. You didn't know that? Yeah, the URL for the game is not uh, Fortnite.com, which okay, is such a hilarious. brilliant fucking thing. That's, that's kind of amazing. Whatever. Yeah, so it's, a, it's, it's, it's obviously it's a uh, single slash multiplayer oriented, very Quake 1 inspired uh, oh. shooter. And a little frag and tag. Yeah, but little frag and tag, but also with that that like story mode to it that, that, that you expected from early Quake 1, Quake 2. Yeah. Where you had this really well thought out, you know, level design that, that was kind of John Romero inspired, the kind of stuff that went into Doom, and kind of just around the time he left the company became a part of Quake. I really like it. It's not just a gimmick. Okay. Um, I thought that this was maybe just some, some kind of gimmick game that's like, oh, it looks and feels like something you remember, and that makes it cool. This is a ridiculously well designed video game. It is not a Quake rehash. There are certain muscle memory things mm. that feel similar. But it's definitely informed in some very intelligent ways by contemporary game design as well. It's a little more exploratory in different ways. It uses light and shadow in ways that wouldn't have been possible on older systems, particularly the flashlight stuff and the way it handles secrets and things like that. Enemy behavior is, is it's a little more spooky than Quake was. Things sneak up on you that's a little more successful in its monster closet approach because it's got some scary sounds that, again, would have been hard to pull off. Um, it's real good, and it's not just like, oh, here's something different for for shooters. Here's something that's really engaging that, that I think just about anybody that enjoys FPSs can have a really good time with. Hmm. That's me. Uh, have any of you? I, I, nobody's played I'll it, right? I'll check it out now. 
Yeah, I, I really, uh, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, it's You'll start out and be like, oh, this is sure is a Jared game. Um, play it for an hour, and I think you'll really get pulled in. It's hmm. uh, it's rad, and the secrets, so many secrets. secrets. And I love, I love secrets and shooters, and I feel like that's kind of a thing that's been left behind. It feels very open. It feels very... You got a lot of agency in what you're doing in it. Like yeah. it, it's just rad. Secret I mean, it's shooters. no Ding Dong XL, but what is? Yeah, excuse me. What is? Excuse Ding Dong me, XL? Tim. I saw you communicating with Kevin. Kevin, pull it back up. You're gonna tell me there's a Ding Dong XL VR? There is a Ding Dong no VR. Way. Yeah, same what? game. <laughs> what, what Put PlayStation VR on it. Pull, pull that. Yeah, yeah. I want to see that, Kev. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I had a question no one for Jerry say too. PSVR, though, but when you try to make well, it across, yeah, do you yeah, just need to dodge the the shapes or those like yellow exploding things? Oh, no, just, you just have okay. to dodge the it's shapes. It's just a particle. Oh, okay, cool, so cool, those cool. are just particles. Is yeah. it angle like this in the the main well, game too? No, it does not. No, this oh. is the VR world. That would mess me up. So if you tilt your head, see now you're like, it's someone in the chat is saying it's the VR is. So this is PS uh, Wii. Oh. It says the VR what? version is three dollars on Steam. Yeah. So there is PSVR. No, okay. no, no, no. There's a pe person in our chat named PS Wii. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, so, and you notice God, that, by the way, you see him hitting the blocks and the blocks exploding. If you're good enough, you can just barely clip a block, and, and then instead of it up. killing you, you blow it up and get extra points. Yes. So it's wow. that looks fun. That Some looks of us great. are good it's enough to do that. More of a phone that. game for me. <laughs> I like the look of it. it. Looks more like a phone. That game. looks like a great phone. Yeah. In bed on the go. Hell yeah, man. Tappy tappy. Let's go. That's right. This episode of the Kind of Funny Games cast is brought to you by Movement. Movement watches start at just $95. You're looking at $400 to $500 of the same quality from traditional brands. Uh, clean design, minimal, and really quality products. Here's the thing. We've been loving Movement here for a very long time. Gia, always wearing her watch. Definitely loving the sunglasses. I just took a trip to Mexico. I was in Cabo. I was on a boat. And guess what sunglasses I was wearing? Movement sunglasses. Did I look good, Kev? Thank you very much for that. You can get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to mvmt.com slash kinda. Movement's launching new styles on their site all the time. Go check them out. Check out the latest at mvmt.com. Go to mvmt.com slash kinda. Join the movement today. And again, they got watches. They got sunglasses. They got bracelets. They got all types of stuff. And we're big fans. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Cast is brought to you by the University of Advancing Technology. If you're interested in robotics, VR, video games, all that stuff, and I have a feeling a lot of you guys out there are, uh, you might want to look into this. Did you know that you can turn your passion for gaming into a career? These guys know. These guys know. I do. About I that. do know that. At any moment growing happen? up, well, I already know your answer, but for you, you two fine gentlemen, yeah. growing up, ever, did you ever think, I'm going to make a video game? No. Or I'm going to make video games? No. That crossed my mind but not seriously when i was a dumb I kid to. i was like i'm definitely gonna do this and then i grew up and i was like i i have no idea what i'm doing but maybe in another world i could have done this yeah. the university of advancing technology uh graduate at the speed of tech it's pretty fast i hear earn a bachelor's degree in less than three years start learning tech from day one students begin their program major Program major courses from the semester until they graduate. That's fantastic. I had a whole bad experience in my college where I'm like, I'm wasting so much time doing stuff that I don't need. I don't need mm -hmm. this at all. I'm here to learn video production. Why am I not doing video production? This oh, sounds no. fantastic, man. Online nice or on campus, UAT offers a range of technology degrees for both bachelor and master programs. University of Advancing Technology is a university in Tempe, Arizona. Founded in 1983, UAT integrates technology into its general education requirements. The institution offers core classes as well as deep sets of courses in each major. Learn more 
about the programs available at University of Advancing Technology at uat.edu. That's uat.edu. Fran, what was your little uh, victory Tempe. dance for? Oh, Tempe. Largely okay. known fact, great party town as well. Okay. So, hey. I want to not do it online and go. Yeah. <laughs> and they have a Portillo's. Man. Oh, they do. Win, wow. win, win. And next up, shout out to Four Hymns for sponsoring this episode of the Kind of Funny Games cast. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Nick and Andy have both been using this for a very long time. Both have been very happy with it. We've talked about Andy getting the gummies. You guys are very familiar Nick with this. Nick stealing the gummies. Nick stealing the gummies has been this whole thing. Uh, I, I told the story of one of my good friends last year was talking to me about like he felt like he was going bald and was having an issue with it, um, but like wanted to confront it. And he like he's like, oh, I heard you guys talking about this thing. I told him about it. He's been using it for a long time now, and he's seeing results. He's having a great time with it. So. Uh, uh, you listeners can get a trial month of hymns for just $5 right now while supplies last. You can see the website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. You can go to forhymns.com slash kinda. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash kinda. Uh, they make it super easy. You can uh, do all the stuff. They get you a doctor so all the medical stuff is cleared and stuff and figure out if it's right for you. Um, once again, that's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash kinda. Oh, Kevin, you are such a special, special human being. Now it's time to get to the topic of the show. Before you do, I want to give a shout out here to, of course, Ding Dong XL. It's creator Adam, right? And his, his studio is Nickervision Studios, right? Creator's Adam, though? Yeah, the guy. Yeah, it's, well, I think it's a one-man team. It's Adam Nickerson. Oh, it's Adam Nickerson. Nickervision See, I thought it Studios, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not an Adam. No, no, okay. no. But what's uh, his tagline on this thing? I'm learning to make games by making games. Yeah, I love and then it's that. all these different yes. games he's made, including a very, a very basic looking one that I was looking at while you're talking. Fallopian frenzy. <laughs> he's made all and of it. Fall like falling, apparently, right? It's not like fallopian oh, it's isn't fallopian. spelled. It's fallopian. Yeah, but they're oh, brilliant plan works. You're definitely. It's go get him. I tweeted at him. Let's get this shit on Switch and this VR. Let's do PlayStation Let's VR. Go, Real dude. VR. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I can't not say enough VR. things about Ding Dong XL. It's a really good video game. Topic of the show time. Last stop, week, stop, stop, stop. Uh, or I don't remember where it was. I think it, was, it might have been last week. Uh, we're talking about the future of video games. We're talking about the next yeah. generation of video games. We we put the the date it's of 2021. Uh, but I wanted us to all give some predictions for where video games will be. All right. I think a lot of this came from the bungee conversation. You got to do the full yeah, that's bungee true. conversation. That's What's up? Tim doesn't even know it. Come no. What no. is it? Conan O'Brien back in the day. Leading up to 2000. You would have been four years old. Yeah. You would have had blocks. Conan O'Brien. <laughs> mm. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's it was on Games Daily. Uh, bungee. Yep. Now. Single. And ready to mingle. Uh, They've got their Tinder profile, man. <laughs> um, so we were kind of going into predictions of like, like who could they link up with? Are they going to stay independent? What's going on there? And I was like, this is kind of fun. So now we're going to do it. Let's do the predictions. I'm going to start off. Yeah. All right. You should, because as we know, I won't, I won't understand unless you go first. Yeah. No, you understood this time. Last week. You understood the rules. Out. It was still fun. You missed it, Greg. Fran Mirabella. I did it. Pulling the most Fran Mirabella-ass thing <laughs> of all time. I tell him, like, Last what are was. your most controversial video game opinions? And he's one of his was the Mortal Kombat blood situation of the 90s. Because I thought he was saying, what were the, the biggest history, video the history game history of games controversies of all time? That's and he great, wanted man. us to manufacture You're or just Georgia have Peach. a crazy opinion, like Jared said, that Halo ruined shooters, basically. I did not say that. The watch the episode. Episode. That's what the thumbnail said. The Switch will have at least two revisions leading to it selling more units than the Xbox One and 3DS Mm -hmm. and PS3 
and 360, but not the Wii, mm. which is at 100 million. Yeah. So it will sell between 90 good. and 100 million. By 2021. Two more iterations by then? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a lot. I actually I think one, a, but two is a I lot. I think it's going to be two because I think we're yeah, going to get. the end of the year. We're going to get the baby version. We're going to get one that's for the, the little brother or sister that's trying to play switch Pokemon. Baby, switch, switch baby, baby, baby. No, I, can't do I like that it though. Well, that was yeah. good. Uh, but then, <laughs> have you heard about this baby shark thing? Yeah, yeah I heard. I remember hearing months ago Barrett's girlfriend talk about it. I was like, whatever. And then all of a sudden, boom, it was everywhere. like, what the fuck just happened? I don't like. By the way, I want to go on record right now and right Sorry. here as saying that this current popularized baby shark that's completely, it's a shark absolutely baby. neutered, all right, where uh-huh. there is no verse about the shark eating a swimmer, which is the key to the entire baby shark song originally, which goes baby shark, do, the uncensored do, version. do, do, swimmer, do, do. Doot, doot, yum, that's yum. terrifying, doot, doot, though, doot, for kids. Happy shark, do, do. Okay, that's, that's all about eating the swimmer. They took that out of the shark uh, or out of this. And I, I'm Humans just, suck, man. I, can't, I get it. I can't. No? can't I'm stand Team it. Shark. Team Shark. Team Shark. Oh, Absolutely. I put your cookies in my mouth. I put the cookies in my mouth. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, no, I think there's going to be a, a, a 2DS style revision, but I also think there'll be a 3DS XL style revision at some point. Oh, mm. yeah. We love the XL. Yeah, I want that. I want Wait, that. When you say 3DS XL, are you talking like with improved hardware? I'm thinking a, a similar type of jump between like what we've seen with PS4 to PS4 Pro uh-huh. type thing, where it, it might, but on handheld scale. So actually, probably more similar to the XL situation. But I do think there will be a hardware jump where I think the games will run uh, like they do docked. Okay. I don't think okay, – so I'm very close to you on most of this. I think your your sales figures are almost perfect. Uh, absolutely think it will be under the Wii <laughs> over those others. I think that hardware revisions of some kind are definitely coming. I don't see Nintendo – and this is actually one of mine. I don't see Switch releasing a PS Pro Switch. I don't no, think they, they do it. To. I don't think they do it. Got to do it. Why? They got to do it. Why do they have to do Money, it? Dude. Because, yeah, this thing. It's like, why not? Because Nintendo has generally profited on the lower end of uh, price on the market throughout its history. They've learned to make hardware that's profitable at lower production costs, and that is their MO, their bread and butter for their entire history, including this generation. My argument for that is I think that they're still going to have that with what I'm saying, the baby version. Uh, but I feel like the Switch has brought so many people back to Nintendo that want, that are now addicted to playing the Switch and mm-hmm. they're going to want more options. And they know that there's people like us that will get the XL version and they know that there's a lot of other people that are going to get the other one and I they, think it's just going to maximize. They might know there are people like us that will get the XL version but I don't think they're going to get the development support to make it happen. I don't think they want to fragment their market that way. It is a huge But deal. it won't fragment the market. The games are still they're already being made like that because it can play on the dock. To a point. To a point, but you can't produce again. Okay, now we get in the fun space. Lowest possible. This, we ran into this uh, a long time ago. This first started showing up in the '80s when people would would talk about doing iterative jumps, like the C64 to C128 or the C16 platform. There's some other places this happened. Commodore, where you end up developing your software for the lowest end of the spectrum, and then even when you provide more power. Uh, for a similar piece of hardware, for a hardware iteration, people are still generally targeting the lowest end of that. Therefore, it's actually an enormous amount of pressure, particularly on third-party developers. First party, it's much easier to pull off, but for a third-party dependent platform like the Switch, which is well-known for being Nintendo's first successful third-party platform since Wii, you end up 
having all the games made for the lowest common denominator anyway, and there actually proves to be very little value for the high-end hardware. You usually have two, three, four breakout games, but it's going to be really hard to sell Nintendo's $20 to $30 game developers, largely independent or small studio, that are the backbone of their business right now on that. I don't but it's think there. there's an... The, every single game on the Switch right now is already can doing that. run better on a dock, but that's not what they're targeting. But it's ten. So a game that's 1080p on the dock yeah. is 720 right here. Right. I'm saying the XL version is going to be 1080. Why would anybody so no want a 1080 today. handheld over a 720 handheld? To, would you pay that much more? I would. Yeah, I, don't, I would. I totally, absolutely I would. I don't see it. Would have a better happening. battery. As the well. battery, yeah. The bat, the battery, I think, is much to. more likely. Uh, and the battery to. is a huge part of the problem. And again, that ups. The cost, Nintendo looks at that on one end and goes, yes, we can produce this and sell it to a small number of people, or we can put those same resources into, let's say, making another game that's going to make us a lot more money. What's they going to do? They're going to do it. Yeah, I mean, if it is just, like, if you take today's model and it was like, it's just running like that, but on the go, that's I it? mean, it is already there. It's not the full up-res plan and all that, which is very different. But you're people right. aren't writing their games for the dock now, and I don't think it's going to change. Oh, you're saying they're skipping on th that part of it now? I'm saying that people are targeting the handheld mode and the dock's a bonus. Yeah. But that doesn't matter because it's, we're talking about 1080, we're not talking about 4K. It's like yeah, even if they're uh, making it for the the handheld mode, which is not true, because look, like even the third party games, they're obviously like if you played uh, Wolfenstein, they're definitely making it for the dock. But how are you playing Wolfenstein for the dock or in your hands? I want to play it in my hands, but it doesn't run that well. Mm -hmm. But if if I had 1080p support where it ran better, I would. I think Nintendo just waits for a Switch Two on that, and I think 2021 is too soon for that. Yeah, tough call. Two of them sounds like a lot, but interesting. It gonna happen, mm -hmm. Jared. By December 31st, 2021. Really coming in. Half-Life 3 has been officially announced. Oh. He's so good at this. It's, it's not so going to happen. That's crazy. What? I just think it's fucking crazy. Yeah, why not? Why not do it now? This is a pretty good time for them to move into it. It's obviously been on and off in development for a very long time. They keep going back to the idea. We're in a period right now where Valve would maybe like to reap a little goodwill. Huh. And what better way for Valve to reemphasize the primacy of the Seam Store than by elevating mm. their number one property of all time, something their fans have asked for forever. What better marketing can they do than sell you marketing? Yeah. And that's what Half-Life 3 would be. We are selling you goodwill. We are making something you want. We know that you will buy it. We will make money on making news about ourselves. Why the hell not do it? That's very, very interesting. I don't see him doing it only because that seems like a reactionary thing to what's happening now with the Epic Store and stuff where I don't think they saw that coming. And I don't think that they can, quote unquote, waste Half-Life 3 like that. I think there are people, plenty of people in that company that want to make that game anyway, that this may be what tips it over the top. I do not think this would be the only reason they would make the game. I think this might be the leverage that somebody could walk into a room with and say, all right, guys, we've been talking about this for years. We've got the resources. Mm. We've got the script. We're happy with the story. We've got the tech. Let's make it. Now. So you're saying announced by the end of 2021. Yeah. When would it release? I don't know. I think I think it would release fairly soon after announcement. Huh. Uh, I don't think they'd wait too long. I, if that's true, it's not gonna be a good game. I think it'd be a year or two probably from announcement. Probably twenty twenty three would be my guess if it was a twenty twenty one announcement. Wow. Bold. Yeah. Bold. I like I, it. I could be completely I like wrong. It. I mean it's the future. I'm not a prognosticator. Fran, you are a prognosticator. You yes. are Fran. Give me uh, one. 
I realize you guys are way better at this than me. They're so specific. I'm like Mr. Broad Strokes. So friends like video games are cool. Dial what? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm always video games like, will remain I'm in fact like cool. Broad industry, but we talked about this one: the subscription train to participating in a subscription of some kind. It's already starting, but I think it is going to be more of a staple. I mean, I think it only represents a 10 or a 12 percent kind of stake in the industry for some for some publishers of meeting their total sales. But buying, for example, you spend 100 bucks on EA Origin or something, to, you get like all the games actually, you get more value out of it as long as you pony up up front. So I think that that by 2021 is just a trend that is not going anywhere. And in fact, I think we're gonna see some people, it becomes a staple, whether you know Nintendo gets more into that game. Again, this is beyond just like a live service. Like, yeah. Sign up, you get these two free games, and you're part of our subscription. And it's it's like pledging your support to a major publisher or company. So I think, I didn't have a specific example of what one of those would be, but I think we're gonna see a ton of that. But I also think on top of it, the repercussions of the Battle Pass and what it has been able mm -hmm. to accomplish, that is where, I don't know where and what franchise is gonna do it. I don't wanna say Destiny, but I think it's the right model. That for the nine bucks Battle Pass model, you now will just get a game like that. A premium game will exist by 2021, or as announced at least, that will have that model, which is roughly you know four times a year you pay, I think it's eight or nine bucks mm -hmm. to participate. But it's, uh, we just read today, I think it was, that uh, Fortnite has amassed it was an insane billion, billion, billion dollar amount. Um, it amassed more than any other game in sales, and it was in large part to a huge number of gamers just buying the Battle Pass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to be a big part of it. I don't know if you guys think any property. So would go jumping, down that jumping off of that, yeah. one of my predictions was uh, there'll be a huge focus, obviously, on uh, services like service based um, features, but they're going to be streamlined. Ah. I think that by 2021, we'll hit a point where mm -hmm. Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo will all have one subscription each mm -hmm. that gets you online, gets you the games, gets you everything. So Xbox Game Pass and Xbox Live will be together. PlayStation Now and PlayStation Online will be together. Ooh, Nintendo has, is already doing that. It's just, it I feel like Nintendo is like the snail that's just like, of course that, that has it now. But they're inching towards, but by 2021, I think that we'll have the GameCube games and like the virtual console library that everybody wanted two years ago. You think only on one Switch. version of this option though? Because per system, I think so. Do you think that it would include, like there's a big thing with EA's package as an example, I was surprised. That, like, I mean, you get Anthem, you get Battlefront, you get Battlefield, I think you get all that for the $100 a year or whatever. Do you think it would include premium stuff like that? Or well, you're saying? I think uh, Xbox Game Pass is a, a very good right. model of what that yes. is, where it'll be first and second party titles that, that come with it, but then every once in a while, there'll be exclusive third party deals that Yeah, that and that's a good point. Games Pass is that today. I mean, it is, uh, is it five or 10 a month? They had a, they've had right so now many it's sales. one a month. <laughs> well, yeah, right? they had a sale for one buck a month at the first month, which is an amazing deal. But you get Sea of Thieves, it's mm -hmm. like, all these other games on there as long as you subscribe. And that is of course because the research that people that do, the people who are subscribers are more engaged users who end up buying all these other things, microtransactions and all. So it nets out, so the industry's going that way. But that's why I think, I see we're mostly in agreement, but I think one option is not enough. Mm. I think you need the battle pass, 
because the parent only wants to spend that quarter the nine bucks or yep. whatever. Sorry, to yeah. be clear, thought, I'm not talking about DLC. I'm not talking about microtransactions. I'm not talking about Battle Pass. Yeah. I'm talking about the online service and their streaming game service will be yeah. one in the same. Okay. Oh, so you're like right specifically. now, Xbox Live and Xbox Games Pass, that's yeah. two different just services. In one. It'll just be one thing. And I, PlayStation, that's now, great, PlayStation, that, whatever. That's an astute observation. I, I, I think I think that. we're moving there. Okay. But that's like a package of games that are available during that time period for streaming, et cetera. Um, okay, I see what you're saying. Look at this guy over here biding his time. Just listen to the good conversation, Jerry. <laughs> Go for it. Greg Miller. You prognosticator. And it's oh. such a broad question. And right? 2021 it- sounds so far away, mm-hmm. but in reality it's still so in the year 2021. <laughs> I will start with this. That this is not a positive one. This is, uh, so far, most of these have been happy Games go lucky predictions. A robot has come to life. It's chased humanity. Ding dong XL has taken over the world. Oh, that's right. Jesus. This is not a positive one. However, it is not me wishing ill on anyone. But it's a prediction thing. He's scared. I want to swing for the fences, right? Ooh. I think by 2021 or in 2021, Gearbox is either out of business or is no longer independent and is so wholly owned by, owned by somebody. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, and I think this is why it's on the tip of my tongue, obviously, uh, as of recording. This is the week where Monday started with the Games Daily reacting to the lawsuit between uh, Randy and the lawyer and the bickering back and forth, and then today there was more follow-up after Games Daily. I don't know if you saw this, that uh, Ars Technica got the guy's report, the lawyer who filed it, and he's claiming religious discrimination in there too, that people, and it's just like... It's all it's, out warfare now. To be clear, this very much seems like a very personal yeah. fight that's being fo- that has been driving a court of law. I have nothing to do with that. Let's even divorce yourself from that and throw that out. It's just sitting there and thinking about Gearbox. What has Gearbox done yeah. recently that has been a huge success and has been well-received? Greg, when it comes to that, uh, looking at what's happening right now, I, I anticipated uh, wholeheartedly that sometime within the twelve next 12 to 18 months before all this happened, that Gearbox would effectively be a Microsoft second-party studio. Yeah, I had no idea if that was going to happen or not, but that was what I something I thought might. Yeah. With all this news out there now, do you think anybody wants to touch them? I, I, one of my predictions, you gotta Microsoft now, 100% is going to get Gearbox and they're just going to put somebody else at top. That, that's, like, that was part like, of my Borderlands thing. is ours, motherfuckers. Yeah, that's my thing as well as part of this, right? As, and again, it's muddy because of everything happening right now in the court of law. Yeah. It is the fact that, yeah, whether they're around or not, I don't think Randy's there. And, and that makes sense, obviously, because if they're closed, they're not there. And if they sold it, he's a founder. He wouldn't be there either, right? I feel like that's, if, if Gearbox was, publicly traded right and it had the traditional board we always talk about right yeah. they just wants monies and dollars and cents and stuff i think right they probably would have bounced randy by now who mm-hmm. for, for every interaction i've ever had with the guy totally nice right mm-hmm. and like great but i mean like again let's look at you know the games they've put out right you start talking about colonial marines you start yep. talking about battleborn you start talking about duke nukem uh we happy few was one of the things they just published right which didn't move the needle like you know i like mm-hmm. when we get down to business decisions that 1v1 game right like yeah Everybody talks about Gearbox, and when we talk about Gearbox, if we're not being negative, we're talking about Borderlands. Yeah, yeah. And so then it just becomes: is Borderlands now just the hail mary? Also, again, they're a privately traded company or private company, right? Yeah. Is Borderlands such a huge success? And it was. It was a movement, and I fucking love those games. Enjoyed the pre sequel so much. Enjoyed the handsome collection. Yada yada yada. 
did that just generate enough income that they have just a Scrooge McDuck vault that they don't need to worry about? Anything? I imagine I imagine they did, and I imagine that Microsoft is looking at all this and is like, Borderlands is the type of game that if they put out a game that wasn't called Borderlands 3, there was kind of like a Borderlands reboot yeah. on the, the next Xbox system. Mm-hmm. Um, or backwards compatible, how we want to play it. Like, yeah. I think that'd be a huge win for them. And like that adds up with how Microsoft's been building out their portfolio. Yeah. Of the studios. only thing you get into, right, is just then like 2K's involved with Borderlands, right? Mm. And what's the agreement mm. there in terms of who mm. owns publishing yeah. rights to Borderlands, right? And like what's going on too. with that and how, yeah. yeah, where and like why, I mean, we've heard about Borderlands 3 every so often in passing, you know, things. A new like, Gearbox shooter. Landerboards, and even then, but I mean, like, even then, like that doesn't to me doesn't strike me as a good investment for, for them, Microsoft, yeah. right? Where it is like cool, but yeah, what I mean, think about like we're maybe. I mean, and I don't mean to I'm not trying to insult anyone there, but it feels like Borderlands Two was the breakout success, right? Mm-hmm. And the brain trust that made Borderlands Two, when you talk about Anthony Birch and uh, uh, damn it, the name just escaped me. I thought going the, t- the but the people who you think about when you think about who we got, they're not there anymore. So are you thinking that the property has way more value than the company at this point? Yeah. I think so, and mm-hmm. I, I, but I, and I, I like think it always did, kind of. Well, yeah, but I mean, and I, that's not. To, I mean, uh, you hope as a creator, your products are more successful than you, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of like mindshare and shit like that. But yeah, that's just the what is going on with Borderlands Three. It, it, is it going to come out and be the hail mary, boom, foot in the, we nailed it. We're we're yeah, we fucking crushed it. Or is it going to be like we see with a lot of games when they come out after a long time of we've been waiting and they've been gestating and it gets here and it's like boom, wow, this is a game. That feels two years ago that hasn't, you know, there's been so many different things when you look at a game like Destiny 2, right? And the way it's iterated and evolved and changed to get to where it is, like even Division 2 on the cycle it's been. Like think about all the shooters that have come out since Borderlands 2, right? And like sequels to those shooters that have come out since Borderlands 2. Like where are they? Are they getting into, is that game in a way uh, the same breath like we talked about with Fallout where it was like Fallout 4 came out and... Was a great, was a good fallout, great fallout, whatever you want to say it, but like got outclassed by The Witcher. Mm-hmm. The Witcher came out and was like, "Oh, you want an open world RPG that looks beautiful and runs great and doesn't crash and do- but and falls like, ah, fuck, we got the fucking baseball stadium." You know what I mean? Like, is that what we're dealing with here? Or is like I said, since it's a brand new thing, maybe it's been restarted and returned over so many times that they're into something they really love and they really trust. But you look at Gearbox and Gearbox Publishing, it's just like, what is? And, and again, to the point of the Scrooge McDuck Vault. They're in Plano, Texas. Mm-hmm. I, everything costs nothing there. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's not. You know what I mean? There's a million <laughs> different things happening. Yeah. But what does it all look to? And what? You know, I don't know. It's and we're talking about like into the future. I look at them and I we've seen so many studios change hands. You know, close, uh, stop being independent. They just strike me as one of those. They've held out forever and done great stuff for years and years and years. Or what? I was looking at their Wikipedia. I think it's 21. No, 19. 19 years of in business or whatever. Yeah, 19 years old. They're 19 years old. They were founded February mm-hmm. 1999. Yeah. Like, that is rare in this day and age, a video game uh, developer slash publisher that is out there. Then maybe what you do is create like a semi, you know, that pseudo independence that you have from things like Intelligent Systems or HAL or even Game Freak, where it, you have a very close relationship there, second but party, you have that second party semblance of, a, of, of independence while at the same time being an exclusive provider for Xbox. I, that that's, makes sense to me. But then it just gets into that, like, what are you buying though if you're Xbox and you can't have Borderlands? Yeah. I think like, it have to. Exactly, it would have to be. You're right. I think That's Borderlands has to come with have. it. That yeah. just has to. Mm. My next one. Despite everything that we've been talking about, PlayStation 5 will have a demonstrably better first party catalog than the next Xbox. By 2021. In 2021? Mm-hmm. Are you counting? And even like, I'm going remasters beyond 2021. And it's I'm talking even just next, 
Next gen. I think in 2021, you're correct. I think in 2022, it's much more up for grabs. But I think in 2021, <laughs> Sony probably has more in development ready to pull out and shoot with in the launch window era than Microsoft does. And we are talking, if we launch in fall of 2020, like a lot of people are expecting, then a year later, there's still not all that much software from either yeah. party. No, you're right. And then to be fair, that prediction, I the whole thing is it was vague. I only said 2021 because I like was trying to be like, okay, we, we do have the next systems. That prediction I'm saying is going to be over the whole next life. Oh, oh, okay. Of the systems. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Expound. I just think that they're going to continue. Sony's going to continue the dominance by itself of putting out quantity and quality of first party titles. I think there'll be at least three a year. Um, the first year might be the one like warm up thing where they will focus on the the third party titles a lot to like start selling the system. But then after that, every year is going to have three super high quality games that you can only play on PlayStation five um, or Sony's next system or whatever it is. Um, whereas Xbox, I think is going to still maybe have one or two <laughs> in that same time period every year. Um, and I still think that those are going to be more questionable, questionably uh, loved than the PlayStation side. Fascinating. I, my, we'll one of my predictions is I think in 2021, Xbox is the toast of the town. Really? I think that I think it's gonna flip. I think, and I don't mean like I don't mean like the, maybe. I, I think the way we all were like, holy shit, the Switch is great. Holy shit, like you know what I mean? Yeah. In 2017, we we're like, this I love this thing. Holy fuck, blah blah. Yeah. blah. I think that's what's gonna happen with Xbox Scarlet, which is what I'm calling the next I hope Scarba. If they release at the same time or roughly the same time, I think if if I was a betting man, my odds would be that even though the software libraries in terms of exclusives will be fairly similar in number at that point, PlayStation may even be a little ahead, that in the United States, Xbox will be outselling PS5. I don't think that'll necessarily be true in Europe or Japan, but I think in the U.S. it'll be demonstrably true. I, 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 I still think it's going to come down to Xbox doing, I, and I, this is, again, where predicting right but just yeah. the way everything's laid out i think in my head i'm i maybe i've just drank my own kool-aid and i've talked about it long enough that yeah xbox scarlet or whatever you want to call it is going to be the yeah oh yeah it's backwards compatible with everything on xbox one xbox mm -hmm. one's everything going forward on you can play all your like it, it goes back and forth game there are no xbox two games mm -hmm. there's xbox games that look fucking awesome on scarlet they look less awesome on xbox one xbox. one of my predictions to further i think that's true for ps4 as well see playstation 5 is where i get weird with it where i just don't I don't see that being. I think PlayStation is going to be like, we are on top of the world. We're the best-selling console. People want consoles. Let's give them an amazing Let's fucking console, that. right? Mm -hmm. And then, in, and I think it'll be a great console. I think PS5 will be great. And it will be backwards compatible with PS4. But I don't think you're going to be able to play PlayStation 5 games on PlayStation 4. Mm. And I think that that's where Xbox is going to understand that, hey, we got to make up ground. So what we're doing is literally, this is an Xbox plat platform. And we have the Xbox stream or the Microsoft streaming service built in or service built yeah. into it and it can't play yeah. on your phone and it can't play on your computer and it can't play yeah. on your tablet and, and and i feel like it's so early we still don't know so i might sound like a complete fucking idiot in a couple of years but well, we we've been are. hearing yeah. we've been hearing so much about the xbox and the streaming services and they have game pass and they have all this stuff i think that sony's working on all that shit as well like yeah. I, I think they're not talking about it i think that's not like there's nothing leaking from that but when we we see the landscape and when we hear all the different things with verizon with google with amazon yeah. with all this there's no way Sony's just like 
letting this all slide. Yeah. I think the PlayStation Now is a good uh, reason for me to believe that. With yeah. you know, forever we always talked about like we not us not taking that seriously, but then it's like oh now they have PlayStation Four games as well, here's and I feel like that's like a quiet thing happening in the background that they're eventually just gonna be like PS Five. Here's what it is. Boom. Here's the potential problem with that, Tim. I think that they would love to do that, but unlike all the other companies you just listed there. I don't think Sony has the infrastructure connections in the God, United States God. to make that happen. <laughs> I don't think they have the ability to build the network, or at least they don't have the ability to do it nearly as easily as those other companies do. And it's not an easy task even for, for any of those. Mm -hmm. But Sony is not connected in that space. Partner with Amazon. And partner with someone else. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I don't know. Partnership, I think, becomes a much more likely possibility yeah. for them. As a matter of fact, I think it's their only option in that space. Hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say, I really agree with the sentiment that Greg has uh, on Xbox. I hadn't really thought about it until you said it, but there is a very good chance, I think, of that, you know, toast of the town flip because we look at what's going on now, and it's so freaking quiet almost. And, you know, we've got Phil Spencer there. It's all about the games. They announced some studio purchases, but we don't really know what that translates to quite yet. And when you really start to add it up, I mean, yeah, they are Microsoft for starters, one of the biggest, most mm -hmm. rich companies in the world. And they've got this team that really understands games, but why isn't it translating to Xbox One? Maybe, you know, they gave up on it in some ways yeah. because all resources are on this next huge bet. So I, I like that concept, that boom, they come out swinging so hard with gaming, which is not what we saw with Xbox One. And you put xCloud and Microsoft's Azure services and everything on top of that. Um, that's a really good package. They just need, of course, all the third-party support. It well. is. And, and that's the thing is I, I hope that I'm wrong about this because I do hope that Xbox like, has a fucking huge comeback. Because I don't even, – even if Xbox has a huge comeback, I don't think Sony's going to fall as far as they did in PS3 or sure. as far yeah, as, as Xbox One fell this generation. But bringing up the Switch, I think there's a key difference that uh, I – have no reason right now to believe is going to change with the next Xbox. I really hope I'm wrong. <laughs> but Nintendo has first party titles. PlayStation has the first party titles. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Xbox, so far, it's first party titles, the big marquee titles, Halo, Gears. That's the connection to PlayStation when we're talking about things like Uncharted. We've moved past Uncharted now. And I'm not even talking about Last of Us. I'm talking about Horizon. I'm talking about Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, they revitalized God of War in a way that I don't think Microsoft's going to ever be capable of doing for um, Gears of War. And I wish they could for Halo, but I don't think they're going to pull that off. I bet they will. Right? And so moving on from there, it's like I feel like it's going to be very hard uh, for Xbox to, to come with the... A huge first-party title, and if they do, I think it has to be something brand new, like Horizon. Yeah, uh, for the next gen, and I'll see it. I'll believe yeah. it when I see it. But that's why I think if you look at the recent announcements and them snapping up studios, um, and even whatever you got Rare in the background, Sea of Thieves is just one thing. I think maybe that's what we will finally see is they come out with these newer franchises. Like well, none of us knew what you know Last of Us or even Uncharted was mm -hmm. at some point. It needed actually a console launch and the new tech, and so I. Yeah, I, I actually think they're lined up pretty well for it. It's going to be this, I think, wave of positivity in the way that everything's so great now with Game Pass, right, and the other services, and backwards compatibility, and Phil Spencer saying all the right things. And yes, 
where are where is Ge- Gears and where is Halo? I think they're biding their time so they can get get us to the next generation and to give those at the very end, right? But if it's backwards compatibility, who cares? But then launch this thing and say to you, look in the face and talk about Xbox Scarlet and be like, here is the giant Xbox that'll run everything and be 4K. Here is the $99 Xbox that will stream everything and you can stream these games. Mm-hmm. And here is these thir- 13 first party studios we've been assembling, right? Yeah. Here is what the initiative in Santa Monica is working on. It is fucking horizon. You know what and I mean? I fucking hope. Right? And, and just hearing about the teams right now, I'm like, Right now, it's just a bunch of logos. And you know? sure, it's, yeah. I mean, that's what I want until I want. I mean, like, I hope that when they, the Xbox, whatever, a real veal event for what they is, I hope it is. Here's what co- or, uh, here, wait, what coalitions working on this. Here's what initiatives ga- or, uh, the initiatives game is, right? Bam. Here's what Ninja Theory yeah. is. Bam. Yeah. Here's, and mm-hmm. it's just hit after hit of like, yep, these are new things. Fuck that. But rad. do you need mm-hmm. to know any more than the fucking people who made Hellblade are making it another fucking game you can only get here that looks awesome? Yeah, I mean, they will push that. Also, in the middle of this discussion, kind of rising in my mind, this idea that. Nintendo is either like completely borked or an acted secret genius. I'm, I'm tempted to lean toward the latter. In the midst of all this talk about about streaming services and the rest of that affecting next generation, and I think it's obvious to all of us it's going to be a huge part of what's coming. Um, Switch is uniquely positioned because no matter what happens in the streaming space, Nintendo doesn't have that infrastructure background either. So again, you're probably looking yeah. at a partnership model. But they also are working on a handheld where we're not going to expect streaming capability for some time either. That's going to be something I think folks are going to... Wireless streaming is probably something we're going to move toward in the next generation, like over 5G, etc. That kind of backbone streaming service. So Nintendo having a a console that's primarily perceived as a handheld is largely going to insulate them uh, during this period of time and give them a few years to figure out what they're going to do next. Yeah. And I have not thought about that until this very moment. You think so? I mean, they're testing streaming in Japan. They are, but they can't do it here. Japan is a completely different animal. Japan, Japanese, this fact that the country is geographically so small, so dense, and so wired makes streaming work fine there. It's the same reason they're not testing streaming here. Mm. Because the United States, if you don't like to hear that we're not the best at everything, our internet blows. <laughs> U.S. internet <coughs> sucks. If you're in one of the major cities... Maybe it's okay, but throughout the United States, where a vast number of the video game customer base lives, streaming's not likely to work without infrastructure improvement or some kind of extremely powerful compression technology, um, uh, probably it's a combination a of go. both. And so I think that streaming is coming next gen. I think it's going to be a tr- immense factor for the people that can build the infrastructure to make it take place. But I think Nintendo is not going to have to worry about that for a while. I think streaming, I think we think about it kind of narrowly where it's like, oh, you're, you're just playing the games live from it. But I also think that there's another side to it, which is like the Netflix model of being able to download yes. stuff and, and PlayStation Now and like and Game Pass even, right? And I feel like Nintendo is doing that currently with yep. its NES online games. And I think that it's going to be a, a pretty easy transition into Full games. And the nice thing is I think they know we don't expect any more from them for a while. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I'm, I'm totally that's an interesting that place for them to be, and it largely has to do with this thing being a handheld. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I so mean, it'll be interesting to chess. see how the other companies do tackle That's the one thing we haven't heard from Xbox or Sony, but you can't not look at the Switch and be like, dang, like, there's so many sales. It's doing really well, and they're looking at mobile phones. It's just amazing. I mean, I think, again, that's and Xbox. They, they don't that's have funny. it. Yeah, I mean, maybe we see... Microsoft could be the company to do it that you have that version that is when they showed that video right it was, it when, when I, as I've talked about before when Microsoft and Google went back and forth with those announcements I was like this is fucking awesome and then yeah. we had Amazon the other day just uh, that leak came out and they're like oh it looks like they're getting involved too yeah I mean dude my favorite thing about the Nintendo Switch is being on a plane using my little like 
holder thing, yeah, yeah. having it there and playing with a, a real a real controller, pro controller. Oh, you bring the pro, yeah. Exactly. And it's just like it's I would love to just get rid of the fucking Switch and have an iPad Pro yeah. that streams the games. Mm-hmm. Nintendo, PlayStation, Xbox, it doesn't matter. It's like just being able to have that, being able to download the games to the thing and somehow have that work. That would be. Insane. Yeah. Tim, get it. Oh, go ahead. I was just say you touch on an important point, which is where is Apple still? They've had every opportunity in the world. And I do. That was one of the ones on my mind. I think they're out there. I feel like, whatever, I'm just going to say it because it's fun. By 2021, we will finally have Apple's solution to holding a controller and playing not only on like an iPad, but your TV. Um, I think it's been really in the background to everything else they got going on, but I feel like they're finally going to get there and take that stab. Like Apple Mm. TV disappeared too, but like, I mean, they already have like you know, Ding Dong XL. The only thing missing is a they they have to killer do app. they have killer to do, app. Apple has to do something to make more money. Mm-hmm. I have trouble imagining a Tim Cook led Apple ever. I don't making think a that, serious play at that. They're not going to make a ton of money on gaming. I mean, hardware. Well, they make they, a ton of money on gaming. That's yeah, but not thing. compared I, to this. I, well, <laughs> that's, that's where they make all their. That's money, where they're making all their money on gaming. Thought. I mean, what's it? Almost seventy percent of apps sold on the App Store at this point are money re- generated on the App Store is generated through games. They're making. Tons of money yeah, hand over the fist on games. Yeah. Well, we say just the app store, but that is a lot. I'm just saying hardware sales is, is crazy amount comparatively. Yeah. My only point there was that they that's why they haven't taken it seriously, and it is surprising. They've had every opportunity. Apple has been actively hostile to what we would consider traditional gaming since Jobs returned in '98. I mean mm-hmm. that 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 has never changed in the company culture. It could because they mm-hmm. need to sell something. Yeah, they have a problem Dude, right now. They got to call up Google, Sakamoto Amazon, Jones. The only thing missing is Apple still. Like, where's where's their interest? You know, and I think it's been out there and, and might come up. That wasn't really one. The of iPlay. Them. Yeah, they're capable of it. I don't know if they're hubris or not. Yeah, and I don't know if they want to get in a crowded space because it's getting crowded real fast. My next one, Final Fantasy VII remake, will actually come out oh at God. least episode one, uh, but. It'll be better received than the last few Final Fantasy games and actually well-liked. Better received than 15? Then, uh, I'm going to go from 13 on. Well, 15 was <laughs> pretty beloved, I thought. Mm, it was kind of mixed. Yeah. I think it's, what's this the is going to what's, what's the Metacritic on Final Fantasy 15? I'm, I'm just curious about this because I feel like that game was, yes, the last third of the game is you know not finished. I bet uh, you it was around I'd say 80? it's in the in the high 80s would be my high, guess. I think that's too high. I think it was I think in the high 80s. 80s. I'm going to say 81. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say 85. <laughs> I like this game. I yeah. bid one dollar. <laughs> I mean, regardless to me, like that's I'm talking nine above. Like oh. is what I'd want oh, for this. For, oh, Super. Yeah. Uh Mystic score is 81. 81. User that's score a, is seven points. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I think so you're, I saying, think you're saying it's received as a nine. It'll it'll be better than that, but also the meta score, I I'm talking about like the public consensus on Final Fantasy 15, which is that it was fine, but it's not great. I think that had it been finished, it would have been great. I, mean, like, I agree with yeah, you, but it wasn't. You know, seven. But then will there be was really so stunned. much DLC Seven's to finish gonna, it, and then it didn't finish it. Seven will be well received for two reasons. One, I do think it'll be a tight, well designed game at, by square terms. Yes, you know, no, yeah. yes. And two, um, uh, I think that nostalgia and the fact that people want it to succeed alone will carry it pretty far. It's actually, but I think it will likely be a critically better received game than 15 yeah. even with all that said i think that the, the only reason that this is a bold prediction at all is because the flip side of what you said like the half the people are nostalgic and want to see this happen half the people are nostalgic and don't want anything that they love to change ever yeah uh but i feel like those people a lot of them are going to be surprised by this game. i don't think there's going to be implied bodybuilder sexual assault 
in this version of Maybe Final not. Fantasy VII. Maybe not. I don't uh, think that's going to who happen. Who knows, man? Because that was in the original. Yeah. Uh, do you think Do you think Final Fantasy VII Remake is actually going to come out? Yes. By 2021? I think at least part one, yes. Absolutely. Wow. Uh, also, while we're <laughs> Deep on... breath from Fran. He's like, we're on the hot takes on the scores, Tim. Go. I'm gonna I believe hop it's going to be awesome. I'll say that. I'm going to pop in with Death Stranding has a Metacritic somewhere in the 80s. Ooh. Which is unexpected. Wow. That's a 7-9 right there. That to me is such yeah. a surprising thing because I think it would either be 9 above or under 8. <laughs> no, I think what we're going to get with Death Stranding, and I, again, I literally have no basis on this. Mm. Except, You're not from the future. God, yeah, I'm not from the future. Um, is a game where nearly impossible expectations are being piled on something that is, in fact, a video game. Mm-hmm. And that while Hideo Kojima is a tremendous, super gifted, extraordinarily capable, uber talented video game making genius, it's still hard to make a big giant video game. And he's unfettered relative to what he's had before. And when we've seen Kojima unfettered, we tend to get Metal Gear Solid 2 or 4. Fucking great game. Maybe a little more than we like get the best games, Metal huh? Gear Solid games one and three. Ooh, hot takes here. Oh, man. I <laughs> think Holy that Jared. I think what we're going to see is an extreme, a great. And mm-hmm. I'm using that that IGN scale. Probably I'm guessing higher in the 80s, but I'm going to say 80s. Great, but not world changing video game from Hideo Kojima. <laughs> For the things that I love most about Metal Gear Solid as a franchise, which are the crazy stories, Sneaking the world, suits. the characters, all that stuff, Metal Gear Solid 5 might be my least favorite Metal Gear Solid game. The gameplay, though, is a best. 10 out of 10 impeccable, one of the best video games I've ever played in my life. Yeah, and MGS's the fact great. that you can take those two things and that game is still amazing when added together. I think Death Stranding, from the story perspective, from all that stuff, who the fuck knows? It could be uh, Kojima back to like smaller scale Metal Gear Solid 1. I don't think it's going to be. Um, but I do think the gameplay is going to be better than Metal Gear Solid 5. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I fucking hope so. I do too. God, I hope so. I, I mean, the, the fact that MGS5 the gameplay was as good as it was. Insanely good. I'm like, they got this. That That is modern yeah. game design to me at its best. And if they they have vision for this game, it is definitely be. the best gameplay in any Metal Gear game. But I do I think that all the story stuff is gonna take the score down or bring the score up. We'll see. I think that's less what less I less. hope is that the pacing is good. Uh, I think the gameplay will be good. What I hope is that it's not too much of one thing and not enough into the other. I hope it doesn't plod. There needs to be somebody inside who's able to say to Mr. Kojima, maybe we should think about. Not this a, a little more, um, and and uh, without that, we got Norman Reedus there. He's just like, that sounds cool, man. And again, this is me picking on one of Not my even. Reedus old... has been in public in interviews. Like, I don't even know what's happening. This <laughs> cool, is an attempt at a hot take. This is a legitimate worry about one of my all-time favorite game designers. I I think that that Snatcher and Police Knots and Metal Gear One and that, that some of these are are just extraordinary benchmarks uh, in, in video, milestones in gaming, but. I don't know if Death Stranding is necessarily set up for that kind of success. I think. Are you also? I'm sorry. Saying Death Stranding comes out in 2021. I think it's out by 21. By, out by yeah, 2021. Supposed to yeah. be. I think. I was going to say. I actually think the opposite will be without all the shackles of you know you get stuck in that world and the the gameplay mechanics. Obviously, they evolve, but I think without it, it'll be the opposite. You'll be like, oh my god! Like, look at what he's been able to do now with like a free mind in this new world. So 
I mean, obviously I'm hyped about it, but I think we're gonna see the opposite. That you're like, holy cow, this this new world. That's what I want. Yeah. But I'm worried that expectation is gonna screw it. What's your next one? Oh, oh that was one? your that oh, was no, your I, sorry. I, 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 I've got tons of them here. Bring one. Bring one. Uh, I think by 2021, I don't know if we'll, anything will be out, but it will have been announced by Nintendo that they will actually have released like a real mobile game, like a, a core mobile game, be it a real Mario game or a real Link to the Past or whatever it is, which they have traditionally, right, Mario Run. And like, we haven't really got it, a real one yet. Fire Emblem Heroes. What? Fire Emblem yeah, Heroes. Yeah, but that's not really. Dragalia Lost. Fire Emblem Heroes, yes. But the, okay, I'm sorry. That's not Mario or Zelda or whatever. So I think by then we will finally. I don't know. Have, Fire Emblem now, it's, it's up there. I love Fire Emblem. I played Fire Emblem. It was great. But meaning that's not Mario. It's not Zelda. And a mainstay. And again, Mario Run wasn't like quite what I think we wanted. Um, it was it was good, actually. But it sort of was forgettable in a lot of ways, I think. Mm. So I think by then. So I don't know if anything will be out, but we'll have the solution to it that it's coming. And uh, that's as far as I got with that thought. Yeah. But, I think I mean, Mario think Kart will be the closest one we get. Mm. And we're, On we're the platform? Maybe. Yeah, Mario there you Kart go. Maybe you'll be able to actually play. Well, they've already announced it. Uh, is that a port? Mario Kart World Tour? No, it's uh, it's going to be its own game. It was supposed to be talked about by the end of last year, but I they're like, no, 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 we're going to talk about that in 2019. I think they haven't shown anything on nope, it yet, No, just though, a logo. Right? Yeah, oh, I didn't logo. even see yeah. that for, it is coming to like Android and iOS. Do we mm -hmm. know that? Okay. Don't worry, mm -hmm. you can 7-9 it when it comes out. I'm so you're seeing a fucking chance. Exactly. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Uh, this is one I started cooking on today during Games Daily, and I'm ready to take it out of the oven. Oh, and oh, there we go. Get all of my I think face. That, yeah, I think... Uh, Disney will have wiggled out of the uh, Star Wars exclusivity agreement with EA, and I think that Xbox will have a Star Wars exclusive game announced. Ooh. I think they will when, when does uh, Disney's deal end? Yeah, it was. it's a 10-year thing, right? That's what we're talking about today. 2023 would be the thing. Yeah, 2023 mm -hmm. would be the idea right now. But there's got to be some escape clause in there. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> wow. That's But to give up an exclusive on that, I mean, I guess multiple. I think Microsoft's going to have, have an money, and I think, and I, re, and I, this is what else I want on Games Daily today. I really think that the EA di, uh, Star Wars deal was made in a different industry, and I think as you look right now at Marvel Games, who I will continue to say I think is killing it and making so many awesome moves. I think you look at them and they're like, "Fuck, we need a Bill Roseman for Star Wars, and he can build his Star Wars games team." And they don't make the games internally but they partner us up with the people that we should be partnered up with rather than what I think happened, which was, hey, we're, we, we have Star, we're Disney, we have Star Wars, we need to team up with somebody who's great at video games. EA's great at video games. We've seen, they have a whole bunch of studios. They have cool ideas. They have resources. They have assets. Let's put them together and go. And I think you'll see the Star Wars czar of games now be going like, okay, cool. Who wants to do what? And I think you'll see Phil uh, Spencer. Phil, come out on stage. Hey, Amy Hennig, what have you been working on? Dude, this is exactly oh, what Amy Hennig about. has joined Ninja Theory. And they're making a single-player narrative Star Wars. Yeah, my story. crazy uh, <laughs> today yeah, in the in Games like Daily, that, yes. the, one of the people on Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games, their question was like, "What would be your dream thing?" And I was like, "Phil comes out on an E3 stage and he is like, you know, sorry, sorry to see that happen." I'm like, you know what? Let's just and it's Amy talking. We fade up on her, and it's that yeah, they brought her on and had brought back as many of the team members as they could, and they have the rights to it, and yada yada yada. Yeah. Or they just let her go again, but yeah. But you're talking about how <laughs> you're talking about how no, no, I mean let her go and make oh, her own game. Okay. But I mean, like you're talking about like how we're always saying Xbox, you know, needs an Uncharted, right? Yeah. Like they've they've said that they need something like that. Like what's better than that? Even how about a Star, Star Wars, Wars Uncharted? Yeah, fuck. Oh, yes. dude, that's. I but that's it. that's when I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Well, not wishful thinking, but that is like our usual E3 bullshit. Yeah. Where I'm like, if I ran Sony, if yeah. everything went perfectly, this is what I would do. Why am I talking like this? Uh, <laughs> CEO talk, man. I'm gonna say it. VR will not be a pillar 
of the next Xbox or PlayStation in a major way. It might still exist. It might just be a thing that PlayStation has. Do you consider if you were to, if I was to say, hey, right now is PlayStation VR a major pillar of PlayStation? You'd say yes, okay. Yes, I think it's going to be less than it is now. Okay. Uh, Ding dong VR not change. Did you not see that? Do we need to roll the footage again? (laughs) To be fair, I think it's going to work better as a mobile game. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need that. I need VR for that. Um, what do you think, though, Greg? My prediction was that it b- b- in 2021, by 2021, PlayStation VR 2 is a reality. It's a wireless headset and has better move ones. Hmm. I think that they, I think that it's, and I have no internals on this at all. I think PlayStation VR Gen 1 has gone better than they thought it would. And hmm. I mean, obviously, we saw the old reports of like, yep, you know, Andrew House being like, this sold way more units than I thought it would, and that's why it's been hard to keep them on shelves, and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But I think even now, the continued success it's found, and again, I'm using success, small yeah. S, not like, you know, fucking, it's mm-hmm. Spider-Man numbers, but in the way that it has garnered a PlayStation community in the same way the PS3 did, in the same way that, like, there's a unified, passionate base around it, and there are developers doing really cool shit on it. No, I think you raise a really good point there. I think about how Kinect sold extraordinarily well, better than they thought it would during the Xbox 360 generation, and that what really killed Kinect was that they tried to force us to buy it. That if they hadn't packaged Kinect in the box with the original uh, Xbox One package, we might still be playing Kinect games, and they might still be making a lot of money on them. I think if PlayStation can look at VR and, and build around the same kind of model... I think there's a real chance that, that we're going to see it. I think they put way too many resources into it now that, to just walk away from it. But I also don't think they're going to try to make us. I don't think they're going to make you do it, it either. Yeah, I, I, but I definitely think it's if you think it's a pillar now, it will still be a pillar. And the mm. craziest thing about my prediction, I think, is wireless. I also think that they might build service-oriented products around VR for the first time. In addition to games, they might take the first step towards software that puts us in the same room with our PlayStations, mm-hmm. um, where you're sitting here and I'm about, sitting yeah. at home and the experience changes where there's a kind of version of the, you know, uh, of, of the kind of funny games cast where this desk is sitting in your living room. Oh, you're saying for actual viewing of yeah, VR for actually shows. viewing of VR shows, communicating yeah. with with friends and relatives, etc. Maybe I mean, it's funny. I think there's a market for it. I actually expected Facebook to get there with the acquisition of Oculus and all that stuff way back, I and mean, we just haven't seen it. Yeah, maybe for the reasons we're saying, we don't think it's a, a major yeah. pillar. I mean, I, I think yeah. that the, the VR thing to me is it's like 3D in movies, where it was a huge fucking thing, and then it's still here now, but it's, it's most people thing. don't like it, and. Uh, after that, it's like it's just kind of there to to make money. And I feel like with mm-hmm. PlayStation, it'd be there to make money in the same way that Nintendo has always had its console and then handheld. They fucking own the handheld side always. Yeah. Uh, even when console was like this or that, I feel like PlayStation is like, well, we got the like mainstream console market VR. It's gonna just keep selling. It's gonna be a that, success. So we what, have that. I was gonna ask, do you think they would ever consider detaching it as a standalone? No, granted, it might work on both, but as its own product that you don't have to hook up to your PlayStation. I'm sure down the line they'd be lo- they'd love that. I don't think we're anywhere close. That to- not in 2021. That'd be too soon. Still, yeah, huh? no way. No, I I, yeah. I think I think it's too bold to say wireless, but I'm saying it because I'm a bold individual. I love it, dude. <laughs> yeah. You are a. They call me bold. Futurist. I do call you bold. Uh, Jared. Uh. For portions of the year, Fortnite is the number one streaming game on Twitch hmm. in 2021. Hmm. For portions uh, of the year? Yeah. There may be periods where something new Got pops you. up and okay, goes above okay. it. But for significant portions of the year, Fortnite still is the two years from number yeah. one streaming I buy game man. on Twitch. I put down Fortnite will still be dominant. Wow. Yeah, I mean, on platforms like that, we've seen it with whether it was League or Minecraft. Uh, Minecraft and like, yeah, Minecraft owning YouTube forever. It definitely is 
possible to have that kind of lifespan. I mean, we've only gone a little over a year now, so mm -hmm. it's crazy to... I, I have trouble imagining because I feel like I've been playing the same map over and over again. Well, we have, <laughs> but there's so much more to come, obviously. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think you're probably right. Fran, last one. I honestly don't have anything as good cool. as you guys. So good. I, but I have a question yeah. for you. Yeah. Bungie. Oh, sure. Where do in I see the, do them? Do they stay independent? Do they match up with someone? Yeah, no, I see them as still independent two years from now, taking the path that they chose to make. And like I said, maybe we see Destiny's model change dramatically from being the $60 game to maybe there's both. Maybe there's Destiny as the service and updating like today. They try to update the service they have today mm -hmm. and keep up with that while they make this other game. But yeah, I do see them actually being independent. I mean, whatever happened with Activision is still a mystery. It's It could be one side, by the way, that uh, they didn't make enough money. And, and in the contract, you think about like, how did they get out of that contract? Did they buy themselves out? And So I always get confused they, about this, and I'm sure you three know way yeah. better than I do about the publishing versus development. Yes. Who would publish Destiny? I mean, they said they want to be an independent publisher. Mm -hmm. So wait, what's well, good? Is Devolver Digital like a publisher? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So they take that model, but then they're making the game themselves. Like meaning smaller publishers, you know, do exist. They don't. Activision's reach and amount of games is huge, or size of games. So yeah, they would do it all on their own, and just like Epic, you know, think of it that way. They make mm -hmm. their own game. They publish their own game. There's a lot of expertise that goes into that. So it's going to mean a significant increase in personnel. You've got to hire people that understand media buys and. TV and and very you know you, you got to you're bringing an entire new division into your company and not only do you have to bring in the expertise but when you bring that publishing division into a company you are changing the culture because those folks are all going to expect to see at the table in the game design decisions they're gonna they're gonna start coming into your meetings where you used <coughs> to just being concerned with how do we make this work game wise and they're gonna say how do we make this something we can sell how do we make this more monetizable how do we you take a huge risk when you do it, but you also have more control over that kind of relationship that you do when you have somebody above you who's feeding you money that you then have to placate. It's a, it's a trade-off, okay. but it is risky. Yep. Greg, what's your final one? I gave it to you already. Good. Love it. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this has been the Kind of Funny Games cast. We're about to get into the post-show. Uh, I'm going to read show. a couple of your submissions for uh -oh. your predictions from patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Tim Gettys. Members and above. Tim Gettys. Mm -hmm. It's very important, but I'm just affronted that we've been on here over two hours now mm -hmm. from, from the pre-show. And you still haven't wished me happy birthday. Oh, we already oh, said man. happy birthday to you. Your we birthday got wishes, Boo, Grubber. Jared. Happy birthday, Jared. Happy Jared. Yeah, you should watch the Kind of Funny podcast to hear my thoughts on people who ask for birthday wishes. Yeah, dude, they're not nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Happy birthday. 40th birthday. Happy birthday. Didn't we talk about it on the post show on the pre-show? Going no. on 45, <laughs> fellas did, were falling. Yeah, we did. The entire fucking pre-show was us talking about how old we actually yeah. feel like it we are. It was about curry. Oh, did we wish No, it turned into curry because we were talking about you being 40 but not but having been 40 for a long time. I know that it was an we explicit called, wish, though. We called him a... Fran old man. Fran grandpa. 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 You know what? I didn't yeah. get... I, I, it's not out there for the masses. Ooh, said it. it was implied, Jared. You know? By the time the masses see this, it won't be your birthday. You know what? Is this I'm the post 40. Show now? Halo sucks. That's Jesus right. Jesus Christ. Wait, that was the post show? We're in the post show, right? Halo doesn't now suck. Now we're Halo's in the post show. Right that when you hit your hand on the yeah, table? Oh, that way God, he's, still, he's not on the record of saying Halo doesn't suck. Yeah. 
Hey, uh, Tim's out. going to get your cake. You big sub. No. <laughs> 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 Happy birthday. Oh, shit. cake you can't eat. You should put candles in the sushi. Nobody knew me. Gotta wait for the post show. I'm worried you guys are gonna throw throw sushi at me. Joey, put candles in the sushi and tell him we got it for him. So I interrupted. We have these wonderful Patreon supporters at the bronze level. Yes. And, and we really uh, ought to read some. We're going to read some. Uh, did we get in the, the post show? Yeah, I, I said away? now we're in the now post we're show. in the post show. That's Joshua, fantastic. Joshua, what do you mean? Greg Def said something. I said a whole bunch of stuff on the show. Yeah. Um, Mr. Yasmin said it began when Tim read my birthday message to Jared on the chat, and he said he's forty. So hmm. you know what? I wanted to get the message. I don't know if you say if someone's forty though, if that's a birthday. But I read his happy birthday message. But that's to him. not yours to Jared. I mean, but if I, I, if I, if I read Jared, it, you didn't happy say birthday, happy birthday. Then I be happy birthday from me, and also happy birthday from me. You guys uh, I would have totally done that for you. I'm sure you would have. You should, you should watch the KF podcast where he talks about this. Uh, it's you know, length. yeah, we talked about it earlier. Actually, it's, yeah. it's the whole thing. I kind of, I kind of leaned into that. Uh, I'm Cameron a bit Kennedy of a heel turn here. says the developer of Ding Dong XL is pretty pumped on Twitter. <laughs> How do they know about this already? I okay. tweeted at him. I wanted. I don't know oh, if that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, okay. remember I said I'm, I'm going to sure shoot this guy and I want it on fucking PlayStation. Ding Dong. <laughs> the best thing about it is there's this like wonderful like the Ding Dong sound. Like you hear that. Ding. That's what phone, but, but when you're playing with earphones, yeah. like when you're playing with headphones, you hear this ding dong. Ding, ding, yeah. Every time you hit, yeah, it's yeah. Great. And then you hear the XL. When you were doing the ad, somebody in chat's already addicted. To and I just gave you the so, finger. So early when we were doing the ad, when I was like, "Oh, fucking Kevin," I look over, he just like flicks me off, and just like I hate him. No, so. no, we made eye contact. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Happy birthday to you. Copyright strike. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> It's a bunch of smoke team. I was trying to stall. Because, <laughs> like, Cool Greg earlier was like, hey, should I get Jared a cake? And I was like, no, can you go get him some ham? And he was like, yeah, I got it. And so when you called me out for not saying happy birthday, I was like, shit. <laughs> like, Cool Greg, where's the ham? <laughs> so here we are. Happy birthday, Jared. I hope you're happy. Oh, we put yeah. a lot of fun into this. I'm very happy. Well, yeah, yeah, Set off the fire All right, yeah, so that's fire. Here we go. Cover the ham, though. Oh, oh my right. God. Yay. Ham. Do you want to start the post show now <laughs> so people know we actually had the ham? Yes. Now the post uh, show begins. the real post show, right. ladies and gentlemen.